Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of the Duo Sense podcast. As always, I am your host, Andrew Orozco, joined by the Badger of the High Desert, the self-proclaimed lost cause, the undefeated, undisputed, unnecessary one, Johnny. What's up, guys? How's it going, Johnny? Doing good? Doing okay. Doing right. Looks like you're growing out your hair. You had a haircut last time I saw you, now you look all frizzy again. Yeah, I need to cut out the sides. Get a fade. And you're going for that nomad look? Yep. <laughs> no, it doesn't do it. Oh, this is do up here. <laughs> that's, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. That's kind of that's kind of why we do this podcast also, because there's nothing to do up here. <laughs> We're coming at you from a undisclosed location in the high desert. All right, Johnny. Uh, let's go ahead and just get into the news stories. Um, so, as usual, we usually record on Sunday. And then we usually post this on Monday. Today is Wednesday. I'm probably going to publish this tonight or tomorrow morning. Uh, usually, like I said, we usually do it Monday. But I had more continued issues with uh, family and stuff. And so it's been rough. These last few last few weeks have been pretty rough on me. Uh, so thank you for continuing to listen to us and bear with us with our inconsistent time schedule lately. So. Here we go. We have seven news stories, a new record for this podcast, seven news stories to cover. So hopefully you're on a commute, a long commute, or hopefully you are about to play some multiplayer or something where you can dedicate plenty of time to listen. So Johnny, let's go ahead. Our first story is that Sony acquires Returnal developer Housemark. Hence that Bluepoint is the next acquisition. This story comes from The Verge, written by John Porter. A name I can actually pronounce. And then the subheadline, the little subtitle says, After an Accidental Tweet. I think it's referring to the Blue Point thing. Uh, but let's go ahead. It says, Sony has acquired Housemark, the Finnish studio behind recent PS5 exclusive Returnal, the company announced today. It was announced with a tweet which suggests Sony might also be able, I'm sorry, might also be about to acquire Blue Point Games, the studio behind the recent Demon's Souls remaster. In a blog post announcing the acquisition, PlayStation Studios head Herman Hulse said that the studio is one with incredible vision, capable of creating memorable new games that resonate with our community. Although Housemark has produced games across multiple platforms, including PC, iOS, and the, and the Xbox 360, the majority of its recent titles have been exclusive to Sony's platforms. Prior to Returnal, is best known for the Super Stardust games. Oh, Johnny, I recommend those games which have appeared on the PS4, PS3, and PSP. In a statement, Housemark's co-founder and managing director, Ilari Kuitinen, I hope I'm saying that right, welcomed the acquisition, saying that it gives our studio a clear future and a stable opportunity to continue delivering on gameplay-centric approaches while still experimenting with new methods of narrative delivery and pushing the boundaries of this modern art form. News of the Housemark acquisition arrived alongside a tweeted image that suggests Sony is about to acquire another studio. In the words of Khaled, DJ Khaled, another one. It appears that when Sony's PlayStation Japan Twitter account tried to tweet about the Housemark acquisition, it accidentally used a promotional image announcing an acquisition of Bluepoint games instead. The high quality of the image suggests it's official, but premature. The original tweet and image have since been pulled, but Twitter user Nibel has verified via TweetDeck that the image came from the official PlayStation Japan account. Bluepoint Games is another studio with a long history of collaborations with Sony. 
collaborations. Yeah, I said that right. As well as the recent Demon Souls remaster, it's also remastered other PlayStation, PlayStation titles like Shadow of the Colossus, the Uncharted trilogy, and Flower. Uh, we're just going to leave it there because there's a little bit more to the article. Uh, if people want to read that, though, it's at The Verge. You can also find it like at other websites because when it published, everybody kind of talked about it. So uh, let me redirect my attention now to Johnny. Johnny, does this is this really that newsworthy? Because I'm thinking like, like the article said, like only in recent years, like they've pretty much been just making games for PS3, PS4, and like PSP. So like they've always, for the last like decade, they've been like de facto PlayStation. Well, I was gonna ask for the leak for the Japan Studios. Was it that Japan Studios said welcome Bluepoint? Because what the way I noticed it was that they. Really I think it's the Demon Souls like the banner, shot. Back, yeah, right? the banner, the yeah, yeah. Because they they have a they have an image where they have a bunch of studios and they have like the characters of those studios for the background and they're all split up. Oh, but no, I'm looking at it now and it does mention, it does show a uh, blue point, like logo with the name and it just says, welcome oh, to the family. Says it. Okay. Yeah. Cause I thought the only difference was the leak was that dark souls was in the image. No, it's the image. I'm looking at it now between the two, uh-huh. like the house mark one with the house mark logo, but then there's a blue point one has the blue point logo too. Okay. And they both say, welcome to the family. So you can just like, you can put like any studio above it. It'll still make sense. Yeah. Cause to me, I, I has it really been verified by Herman Hulse? Like, officially? The Blue Point one? Yeah. No. But the fact that it came from the official PlayStation Japan account, which has nothing to do with Hulse, like, Jap- the J- Hulse, I believe, is is he Worldwide Studios? I'm pretty sure he is. Okay, he is, right? He's ahead of everything. Okay, so he, uh, it sounds like it was a mistake, and they kind of, like, not a mistake because it, clearly the logo is there. Like it's not like whoops, we slapped the logo on there. It's more like oh, like that was too soon, too soon kind of thing. Yeah, I, at first I was like, uh, maybe it would just... be really hard to make this mistake in terms of okay. like the design of the image. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, no, this is dope news. I mean, this is not surprising news at all. It's I'm content with this. But uh, earlier I told you like it's a little bit um it's a little bit random that they're just gonna drop these studios on us like it's oh whatever guys we just bought these studios so is there are they holding back on something for a a, a different setting like are you uh, you're suggesting that these would be more like a presentation kind of news rather than like a random like drop right like you're saying this me, shoot yeah. this would have been saved for the PlayStation experience kind of thing right. Yeah, uh, during E3, they had a new studio that they were working with, right? Uh, what's, what's the name of that studio? Whatever. They got a new studio there, and I think that was worthy of a, of its own presentation. Like, Blue Box and... Uh, what is it called? You mean Blue Point. Blue Point. Blue Point. Goddamn. Blue, Blue Box. Box is the other one. We'll yeah, talk about that later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Maybe we'll talk about it later, I think. Yeah, so I thought they were deserving of something like a state of play or whatever. But it's, I'm, I'm wondering, like, did they drop this because they're just kind of trying to get this out the way and maybe have a bigger bigger studio presentation? My thinking is they dropped this because this information would have been dug up before the next, like, major reveal or something. It sounds like something kind of just to kind of get ahead of, like, what you said, but also because, like, this information would have been revealed, like, sooner or later. Okay. So I feel like it's kind of like, okay, let's get ahead of this, like... Yeah, like we acquired the studio, we're very excited, and like now we kind of get ahead. Of, we got ahead of the story, so like next time like something happens, PlayStation related, like we'll be like ready, ready. Then why wouldn't they just drop uh, Blue Point? That's a good question. Why wouldn't they just reveal still both? Hiding it. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Why wouldn't they just re- re- 
inform release that information do you think they're trying to space it out maybe i guess like maintain the news cycle yeah i don't know yeah i think like yeah like trying to stay like in the like the conscious mind kind of thing um yeah i think i think it's an official thing it seems pretty like blue point has only been working i think as far as like again recently with like the uncharted and demon souls i think did they do one of the oh shadow of the colossus that was the other one that was a major one like those were all like from like top to bottom like restorations so like blue point did you play the remaster for that which one shadow of the colossus no but i know i from what i heard and yeah i i, I think i can say i know the original like i think the original file or the data for the original one was like just like lost or something okay so they had to like it's not just like a regular remaster it's like a full like from top to bottom rebuild of the game yeah i've considered playing it because i do love the game um and i've seen it on sale like super cheap like eight bucks or something but it's been so long i'm not sure if it's gonna hold up yeah, I'm, I feel the same way too. Like I played it before. Like, uh, like our cousin Brian has had the game for PS2. And I played it a couple of times, but like I was never like, oh, I need to get this game. Yeah, that and if they're building it from the ground up, does that mean some of the story points change? Or no, no, like everything's the same. Yeah. It's just they had to like. If there was a little difference. I'd be like, all right, let's let's go for it. Well, you don't want to mess with like the heart of the game either. They just kind of they change the textures. They change like the way certain things look. And, like, I think the sound, mostly. All right, well, this is good news. Totally content with it. It's kind of like what they did with the Crash Trilogy, where it was, like, a complete, like, top-to-bottom, like, change. Not just, like, textures. I think Crash is different, because there's something constantly going on with Crash. In this, you're, like, in your horse and... Oh, no, no, I'm explaining what they did to it, where it's not, like... It's not just, like, an HD remaster where we just up everything. No, it's, like, you're doing the same environments from scratch again. Okay. So, that's what happened. Uh, I was well. My next question was, "What do you think about Bluepoint?" But you kind of answered that, right? It seems like they're kind of like pacing out the announcements, maybe leading up to whenever the PlayStation Experience is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's gonna work because there's a couple more like Sony stuff we're gonna talk about right now. So this kind of, I don't know. I, I think the acquisition of Housemark makes sense, but at the same, it's kind of like the whole Insomniac thing. We're like, you know how they after Spider Man, we're like, oh shoot, like we gotta buy them now. Like we don't want to lose them. Now with like a Returnal selling pretty decent, like I don't think it did amazing, but I think it just did well. I'm not sure if it works like that. Like, oh, they just made a good game. We gotta buy this shit now because, like, Blue Point, they've been working side by side with them for a while. Same thing with House Marquee and Insomnia. Does it have to do more with this uh, arms race? Arms uh, race with uh, Microsoft and we'll get to there. We'll okay. get to there. All right. Unfortunately, I didn't structure these in a way where they kind of flow into each other. You know what? I'll just move the tab over. Yeah, we're going to go into it right All now. Right, uh, this is an IGN article. Uh, it says, Sony is not in an arms race with Microsoft, says PlayStation boss. They're very, very targeted acquisitions, supposedly. This article is written by Matt Perslow. I hope I'm saying that right. Head of PlayStation Studios, Herman Holst, has said that Sony is not in an arms race with Microsoft and other platform holders. I'm guessing it means like Tencent or something. Mm-hmm. In regards to studio acquisitions. Or it could be the remember the Embracer group. The THQ Nordic people. Okay. During an interview with British GQ... You know, I need to start reading GQ. I need to update my fashion sense. Holst was asked if he saw the recent increase in studio acquisition for Microsoft, Facebook, and Sony as a bit of an arms race. Holst rejected the idea, pointing 
to Sony's very specific choices when it comes to acquisitions. Um, hold on, I think I clicked on something accidentally. Okay, when it comes to acquisitions. We're very selective about the developers that we bring in, Holt said. Our last new acquisition acquisition new acquisition <laughs> was Insomniac for $229 million in 2019, which has worked out very well. I'm always looking for people that have a similar set of values, similar creative ambitions, and work very well with our team that we can further invest in and help grow as creators. It's not like we're going around and just making random acquisitions. Um, that'd be funny if they were though <laughs> they're very very targeted acquisitions of teams that we know well he added referring to the sony acquisition of housemark which was announced today Hulse said the amount of collaboration between our external development group and housemark on the technical side the production management side and even on the creative side has been so deep so for us it just makes so much sense to do that in contrast to Sony's latest two acquisitions, Microsoft has made multiple purchases over the last few years at both medium and incredibly massive scale. Uh, and it kind of just talks about like them buying Bethesda and the Blue Point stuff. Uh, I find it's kind of funny how it says that it doesn't seem like they're not just like random acquisitions. Because I'm thinking of like earlier in the year when they bought uh, Evo and when they bought and like they had that partnership with Discord. I'm like, it just it doesn't seem like targeted. It seems kind of just like... Evil makes sense to me. Does it? Because yeah. he says we're not just making random acquisitions. Like, that was a random-ass acquisition. Discord, why Why is that random? I don't follow Discord, so I don't know anything about that. Well, Discord is more... It's more like a... It's not, it's not social media in that sense. It's more like a... It's kind of like a... It's like if you combine Reddit with, like, Zoom. That sounds awful. It sounds Reddit, weird. I love Reddit. It sounds Reddit. weird. Okay. But it's kind of like that where you have like tabs of like of like like chat conversations like in logs, but then you can also like have like you can meet up in like video chat or do it with like audio, which is like voice only. Like like Brian and I and like some of our friends, like we when we play Call of Duty, we get on Discord and we just like talk through there because it's much easier than using like the in system like party chat, especially if you're not all playing on the same system. Uh, I've heard about that, yeah. If you're not all playing on like. For example, they play on PC and I play on PS5. So, like, Discord is much easier than using, like, the... Well, you can't use the in one because the PC one is it's not compatible. It's just a workaround. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of like Zoom, but for voice only, really. Okay. So, I find it funny. It's like, they're not random. I'm like, well, Evo was like, that's not even a studio. That's just, like, a tournament, like, event thing. And then, like, Discord... Well, maybe we're considering that at, at face value. Maybe they have technology that they can apply in a different way. I guess so. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just finding it funny how it's like, it's not random, but like to us on the outside, it does seem kind of like unorganized in a way where it's like, okay, well, if you say so, uh, Johnny, what do you, how do you feel about this? How do you, do you think it's an arms race? Cause I think it kind of in a way is, but at the same time, it's like an arms race that Sony doesn't have to compete in. Yeah. So I'm just going to say, I'm going to reiterate on what I told you before. Uh, I think if anybody started this arms race, it was Microsoft and Tencent when they were buying a bunch of studios, especially Tencent. Uh, and Microsoft said that they were in competition with Amazon and Stadia, but now that Stadia, and Amazon, <laughs> both of those have kind of like shuttered. Yeah, they they haven't done very well. So maybe Microsoft is like, this isn't this isn't the competition anymore. We're just gonna go right back to Sony. It's like, huh? The, the competition kind of just took care of itself. So I guess we can refocus now. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then. And then Microsoft said they weren't in competition with Sony, and it doesn't make any sense for Sony to say, like, we're going to buy a bunch of shit, so you better get on it. Like, 
I don't think Sony would do that because they don't have the funds that Microsoft has. Obviously, yeah. So it'd be a really poor strategy just to just like show their cards, you know? Yeah. So I get what you're saying. I think when it mentions when it says like arms race, I'm thinking of like well, I, how you mentioned that Microsoft saw Amazon and Stadia and all of them as like their, uh, I guess Google too or, or yeah I don't know Google Stadia has their competitors. It's because we know that so I mean that we know that Microsoft's approach is the whole like Game Pass thing, right? It's like the mm-hmm. stream. It's like we're not trying to get you to buy consoles, although that would be great, but we're trying to get you on our like you know subscription plan kind of thing. Yeah. And now that that's kind of fizzled out with like the other two, like Game Pass is only getting like stronger. And I think, I do think Microsoft is still doing the same thing. We're like, okay, so people always accused them of like, you guys don't have games. You don't have games, right? So like, okay, we don't have games and we're going to go and fix that then. Yeah, I was, I also, like I mentioned before, Sony seems to be really focused on original IP. They have very successful original IP. Right. Whereas Microsoft, I'd like, I want to see. Because they have good studios, right? They're they like, have like, talent. It's like it's like headhunting, kind of. Yeah, they they have talent there. They have good developers, but original IP, where I'm like, that's a fucking icon right there. I don't feel like they have very many, or the ones that they do have, they're not like Killing Instinct and Banjo. Like, how have they not made a Banjo game? Oh, remember this kind of goes back to what we were talking about last time when they were talking about how like that was like that leaked email where they were kind of praising The Last of Us Two mm-hmm. and saying like this is the stuff like we should be doing. Like, we, no. This is what we should like aspire to with our studios or whatever, right? Like they know that they're not like top tier when it comes to like narrative experiences or like, you mm-hmm. know, de- delivering a non multiplayer like experience, right? They know that. So they're trying to like basically headhunt and kind of buy their way there, which is fine. That's like a legitimate strategy. You can do that. Yeah, but when it comes to buying the stuff like Sony's looking at them like what for? Like we we just create our own shit. We don't Right. But I think I think part of like the whole them having to like him like Holst responding to like oh like this isn't an arms race it's kind of like because people have fans have kind of put the expectation now on Sony where it's like okay well Microsoft is doing this like what are you doing like to in response and it's like Sony doesn't have to do anything in response because mm-hmm. they're already there they don't have to like bolster their ranks or whatever like no I'm saying it's like the fans have kind of put that expectation like yeah okay well, like let's see what they're it's kind of like when you're like your family member or your parents like compare you to your cousin or for some reason you're like well like we're not on the same like we're not we're not pursuing the same stuff like why are you come so like people will say like the reason that got this the G- guy from gq asked this is because like this must be like something that other people have like probably told him like oh ask them about the like you know about the acquisition like what do they think and it's like we, we're putting like this narrative or like this not burden but we're kind of being like all right, Sony, like they got this, they got Bethesda, they got this, and they got this now. Like, what are you gonna do about it? And it's like Sony's like, like, dude, like we're just gonna keep doing what we've always been doing. Like, lay off me, yeah. kind of like lay off, like relax. Like I'm still like in the position of dominance. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, the acquisitions are they're annoying because I I want each studio to just create their own stuff. Like I don't want I don't think this is possible, but I don't want Microsoft to buy Capcom and then we lose Resident Evil. That would be very hard at that would be very hard to pull off just because of like the Japanese law, law with yeah. yeah, in terms of like foreign companies owning owning Japanese made companies. It's not impossible, it'd just be extremely difficult to do. Yeah. Unless the company is struggling, then I'm like, yeah, just go ahead and buy it and revive the I do share I do share your uh your uh not urgency. You're worrying, like caution, with like we don't want like all our all the developers to be like under only two or three yeah. major. I I don't want 
what I'm saying is we don't I want don't that want much Sony to buy everything and own everything. Yeah, we don't want that much consolidation. Mm-hmm. We want you know things to be kind of you know it's it's good when there's competition and when things are balanced out. So um, I think arms race is kind of a funny term because when I think of like I think of Cold War era like with like the space race and the arms race with a weapon. So like it's funny how we've gotten to the point now where like. Sputnik and all that. Yeah, you can use this phrase with like video game companies, and it's kind of it kind of just further cements the idea that like the video game industry is like growing and it's getting bigger and bigger in terms of like entertainment, in terms of like movies and like mm-hmm. television and stuff. So that's funny, the idea of an arms race. Um, again, I just thought it was funny how he says like these are very like target acquisitions. It seems to me like that's just slang for like we're going for what we know sells or what we know like makes strategic sense, right? Mm-hmm. like like them not owning insomniac for the longest time was like so bizarre it's like why don't you lock down this studio and then they did and it's like okay good like, you did housemark for a while kind of seemed like the next insomniac and that's kind of taken care of johnny if you had to make a guess what would you think would be the next thing for so like they're saying they're making target acquisitions that doesn't mean they're not it doesn't mean they're done what do you think would make the most sense for like a next kind of like purchase that they don't already have Besides Blue Point, that that's true. Not necessarily a studio that I want, which I do want this, but not like, oh, they need to get Rockstar or anything like that. <laughs> what that actually makes sense, I think, would be uh, Remedy, the ones that make Control. Mm, okay. Uh, I feel like that one's coming up. That would be that would seem strange because I've that, never had the idea that there's been like some kind of like exclusive like partnership there. Has there? I don't think there has. The only difference that they had for Control is that they had DLC, exclusive DLC. Mm, okay. So that makes sense to me, or maybe some Japan studio. That makes sense, because I remember last time you asked me about Alan Wake, and if that was like an Xbox like exclusive. I think that it was. It was an exclusive, but I don't know if like it's like in perpetuity. In, per- uh, in perpetuity? What's the word I'm thinking of? Like I don't know if it's forever, or was it like a time thing? Because Alan Wake only came out on Xbox 360. It might be. Who knows? Um, I mean, it probably would never happen. But if they could get Sega, like that would have been like that's what I was thinking. That's not gonna happen though, because Sega's like really tight, like with X with Microsoft now. Like they're in bed with them. With like they put all the Yakuza games on Game Pass just recently Mm -hmm. during E3. Like they announced that, and they have like that tight tight relationship with Microsoft, so that probably wouldn't happen. Oh, that's an interesting question. So if if Microsoft can't buy the studio because of the Japanese laws, can they just fund them and be like, we're just gonna give you fuck a lot of money and just make the shit exclusive? That would be a way to circumvent that. Yeah, we just have to constantly ink deals with them constantly then to keep it going. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That'd be that's possible. Uh, speaking of Japanese companies and partnerships, mm-hmm. let's flow into the next story, Johnny. And this works good because this works great because this is already the third story. And as Konami announces partnership with Bluebird team amid Silent Hill rumors, this article comes to us via IGN, written by Joe Scrabbles, which isn't a real person. That's just like a pseudonym that they use there for some reason. Konami and Bluebird team. Known for the medium, the Blair Witch game, and Observer, have announced a strategic cooperation agreement that will see the two companies developing games together, adding weight to rumors that the Polish studio is working on a new Silent Hill game. As detailed on Bloober's Investor Relations website, the partnership will include 
jointly developing selected contents and exchanging know-how. Mm-hmm. Konami's Hideki Hayakawa said that the that the partnership, it's spelled weird, they put betnership, I think they meant to put partnership, would combine Bluebird teams and our respective characteristics and strengths to create high-quality contents. Konami's own corporate statement implies that any collaboration between the two companies is not yet totally finalized. We will announce information about contents from the Business Alliance once details are decided. I like that term, Business Alliance. No specific projects have been detailed, but speculation and rumor have pointed to a new Silent Hill game for some time. Previously, reports have stated that Konami has begun outsourcing Silent Hill development to third-party developers, with one game rumored to be in the works at a Japanese developer. However, Bluebird has previously said that it's working on a horror IP with a very famous publisher, sparking rumors of a new Silent Hill project. Silent Hill composer Akira Yamakawa has separately teased that his latest project will be announced this summer, calling it the one you're kind of hoping to hear about. Yamoka previously worked with Bluebird, although it's not clear if that relationship is ongoing. Uh, we're going to leave the rest. There's a little bit more to this, but I want to leave that for someone to go read uh, on IGN. Johnny, what do you think about this? The most relevant game that Studio has is the Medium. Oh, well, it's the most recent game, yes. But they did do a Blair Witch VR game like or last year. Did you play it? No, hell no. You don't play horror. Not in VR. <laughs> Why not? That's that's just too real, man. It's just too. It's like the only reason to have VR. No, uh, Beat Saber is another reason. Borderlands is another reason. Star Wars is definitely another reason. Maybe that. Maybe a space game. Yeah. Well, they have the medium currently. I think is it still uh, exclusive on Xbox? No, actually. Yeah, but how long was that? Was it six months? I honestly don't know how long it was, but I know there was like there was actually a report. You just reminded me. There's another report about the supposedly. Um, let me look up real quick. And it was a play PS5 media. I think like it was like listed for ERS like the for rating. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an IGN article. Oh yeah, the medium's coming to PS5 September third. Yeah. So I mean, the point so, is so much for that because for the longest time we were saying that was like the only exclusive that in the Xbox had. Yeah, yeah. Medium is coming to PS5. This is from Joseph Noop. Uh, the latest psychological horror game from Blue Team is coming to PS5 on September third. September third. Yep. So that uh, that partnership or that ex- that uh exclusivity window already expired. Go ahead. Well, that's not getting great, and that's like the biggest game that they have, right? Yes. Is the point? Yes. Like, why is uh, what's the name of the studio? Bluebird. Japan. Konami. Yeah, why is Konami giving it to this studio, which isn't that prominent? Well, I imagine that... Silent Hill was like a pretty big game. Well, they mentioned here in the article that the composer for the Silent Hill series worked with Bluebird. So I imagine he must have been like, like you got to meet my friends over at Konami kind of thing. Like that, I imagine that's how the conversation played out. It's like, Konami, Bluebird, Bluebird, Konami, hash it out or something. It's all, it's all about connections. So I imagine that the composer had something to do with it getting them into the same room or something i don't know i think maybe just because bluber has like observer from what i understand is kind of creepy it's not horror but it's kind of creepy uh medium definitely delves into like the whole creepy supernatural stuff so does uh the blair witch vr game 
Like, a lot of that stuff is, like, kind of creepy. So, I guess they probably felt like that felt like a good mix. I mean, it's not the team you would want for them. Kind of, they're still kind of like an underdog kind of, like, developer. But, I don't know. I guess that's, I guess that's what they... I imagine they'll probably talk about it more as time goes on. Well, it's okay right now because they're saying it's going to two studios, right? Yeah. So, it's not, like, a giant disappointment. I just wish a bigger studio had it. You know, a bigger studio might have it, but it's just not, it hasn't been confirmed. Well, yeah, it's still a rumor. We don't even know for sure that it's Silent Hill. I mean, everything's kind of there, uh-huh. pointing like, yeah, it is, but we don't have, like, an official, like, yeah, it's Silent Hill. So, who do you think has it? Somebody has it. Because we cause... talked about this last week when you had your whole, like, theory about the Coke Kojima thing. Remember last week? Yeah, or... so, Bluebird, th- that was uh, an idea, too. Like, this was already predicted that uh, Bluebird team already had it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That was part of the prediction. But another studio is also working on Silent Hill. It's just a different like version of Silent Hill. And we think it's supposed to be like the rumors that it's Blue Point, right? No. Okay. So the rumor is it's either Kojima, it's Blue Point, or who else you think might be able to carry this game if it's like a full fledged AAA game. And it's a Japan studio, which we don't know what Japan studio it is, but it's somewhere up there. Cool. I mean, it would be. Uh, whatever Kojima's Kojima's Japanese Blue Point. I don't know. Blue Point's Japanese, are they? I don't think they are. But I they have know. an English ass name. What are the big studios in Japan that could handle this game? There's so many. There's Koei Tecmo. I don't think Bandai Namco would do this. Uh, Sega, Square Enix, Capcom. Those are like the major players in Japan. Well, it can be Capcom or Square Enix. I'm okay if Capcom took it. I don't. Yeah, Capcom because it's like you know they do horror. They do already do horror, so that would make sense. But uh, I don't know because I always in my mind I always seen Silent Hill and Resident Evil as competitors in my mind. So I don't know. Resident Evil Silent Hill. Um, that's a good point. I don't know. There's a lot of speculation here. All right. What else do we have on the list? Okay, well, all right, that's a sudden abrupt ending to that, but yeah, that story frustrates me. Yeah, because right. yeah, it kind of just it, it feels kind of like a non starter. Uh, next one, number four Mass Effect trilogy director Casey Hudson has opened a new studio. Former BioWare boss is working on an all new IP at Humanoid Studios. This story comes to us from Video Games Chronicle, written by Tom Ivan, a name I can actually pronounce. Former BioWare general manager Casey Hudson has announced the formation of Humanoid Studios. Breaking the news on Twitter, Humanoid Studios CEO Hudson said the new independent company was built to unleash the creative freedom of developers, bringing innovation and artistry to players through an all-new IP. The studio's website includes a few more details about the company, which is currently advertising seven job openings. You hear that, Johnny? Mm -hmm. Including senior creative director... Gameplay designer and environment artist. You could do that, Johnny. You know, like environment stuff. It's been so long. Founded by Casey Hudson and talented developers from around the world, we combine excellence in the arts with advanced sciences to deliver the future of interactive entertainment, it says. We believe in hiring great people, empowering them with the best tools and a supportive environment, and providing them the creative freedom to do their best work. We are building something special, and we invite you to join us. During almost 20 years at BioWare across two stints, Hudson directed and produced the original Mass Effect trilogy 
and Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Okay, now I'm interested. Now I'm interested. He left the company for the second time in December 2020. And then kind of just goes on from there into like smaller stuff about like his history there. Johnny, you are a huge Mass Effect trilogy fan. I'm a huge Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic fan. Should we be excited about this Casey Hudson fellow? Definitely. This is uh, excellent news. I just hope he makes another space uh, saga. Well, I mean, Star Wars, work, Mass Effect. Yeah, Star Wars, Mass Effect. That's definitely, Wars, doesn't get more space than that. <laughs> MDK, which I've never heard of. That's like a 2000 game. And then there's Baldur's Gate. Mm. Can you play that? Yeah, that was the, that was the, no. Oh, Baldur's Gate. I'm thinking of Baldur from uh, Two Human. Different game. Baldur's Gate. I actually have Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 on my Switch. I've only played the first one so far. What about... It's a, it's a really like traditional like D&D RPG. There is a Jade Empire. Uh, yeah. Smaller games. Jade but, and then there's Anthem. But it seems like his thing is sci-fi and, and aliens. Right? Space stuff. Which yeah. is absolutely what I, what I want him to continue to create. Yeah, I mean, there's not much more. He says he's already working on an all-new IP, and there's not really much else. I mean, yeah, it just kind of talks about like his history, his pedigree. I mean, the only concern really is is he gonna be is he gonna have the budget to create something that he wants? Because I think he's he's dope. I think he's really cool. That's a good question, Johnny. I don't have the answers for that. I imagine you, it takes a lot of funding to get a studio off it off the off like the floor to begin with. I imagine he if he's probably in charge of like yeah he's the he founded it so i'm sure he's in charge of like you know the funding and like finding the right people and stuff for that so he he has like the he has like 20 years experience at least so he's good like if he can get the funding i'm sure he can do whatever he wants i mean i probably would have like led with that where like hey like i was i worked for 20 years like at these major studios i was like the director like like if you give me your money like i'll definitely like you know give you a return on your investment like um kojima status yeah or kojima had to go to the bank and like they had to like he had to completely pitch like everything like because the bank like wouldn't like like we know who you are i remember the the teller like oh yeah you're famous like i know who you are but yeah i can't give you the loan <laughs> it was like a falcon winter soldier kind of moment where it was like oh you're an avenger right it's like oh yeah sorry you have no five years of no work history and it's like oh yeah because we weren't here for five years <laughs> it's kind of like that but i think i think casey could do it um it sounds like he i'm sure yeah, yeah, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. I'm curious to see what their IP is going to be. I'm wondering. I'm wondering. Since he's found his own studio, if he would be like, if he's good enough, if his studio is successful enough, if there'll probably be another studio that gets like acquired later on. Because it sounds like he seems to be like the independent type that he was at, like at Bioware, and like so, like I, you can t- I'm sure like it wasn't like money was an issue thing for me. It probably was like a creative vision thing he wants to do. Mm-hmm. So I imagine he's probably going to be like, you know, not one of those independent studios where like they don't want to be acquired or anything. So, well, well, I guess we'll see it. I'm doing a lot of speculating right now. Like, we don't even know. So we'll see. Let's move on to our fifth story, Johnny. The one that you kind of brought up. Sony registers domain. Oh, actually, I did this. Sony registers domain for leaked Ghost of Ikishima game. This article comes to us from Game Rant, written by Brendan Dick. We're just going to leave it there. As leaked information provides... I'm sorry. As leaked information continues to spread about the rumored ghost of Ikishima, Sony quietly registers a domain name for the game. Sucker Punches Ghost of Ikishima was one of last year's biggest hits. It was well-reviewed by critics. I loved it. Johnny loved it. 
beloved by fans, boasting over a 50% completion rate among players. Johnny, did you finish the game? I did. Okay, I did too. And managed to pick up awards. At mo- I think the thing is that most gamers don't actually finish all their games. I think that's why they made like a point that like over 50% of people who, who bought it like finished it. So it must be that good is what they're saying. It managed to pick up awards at most of the major events. Now a standalone expansion known as Ghost of, Ghost of Ikishima has leaked online. As more information and rumors begin to spread, it appears that Sony has quietly registered a domain for Ghost of Ikishima. Since the initial leaks, fans have been piecing together tidbits of information to attempt to confirm Ghost of Ikishima, with real-life coincidences acting as the primary evidence. The real island of Tsushima is less than 50 miles from a nearby Iki Island, and the latter is about one-fourth the size of Tsushima, making it the perfect spot to stage an expansion. So the... Iki Island and Ikishima, not the same name, right? But I, I remember I looked it up where Shima, the Shima part is like a, is a kind of like a, not a suffix. Is, it, is that the right word, suffix? Yeah, because prefix is the first part and the suffix is the second part. So the Shima, I believe, just means like island, I think. So it could be that Ikishima literally just means Iki Island, like translated. Um, I could be wrong, but I believe that's the correct information on that. Says now, ghostofikishima.com has been registered and is in its unsurprisingly roots back to the PlayStation 4 section on Sony's official PlayStation website. So it appears that it's time for fans to start celebrating and preparing for a sequel to one of the best reviewed games of last year. And we're just gonna leave it right there. There's a little bit more. Why would they tell us that? Why would who tell you what? Yeah, why not just surprise us with a with a short expansion during the state of play? What if they're holding it off for the next day to play, Johnny? It's a leak. It's a leak. It's not like I don't think oh, it was on purpose. All right. Yeah. The domain name for the website leaked. It wasn't supposed to be like an official announcement. Oh, all right. Johnny, so this is an expansion and it doesn't seem like a true, true sequel. What do you want from this game? What do you want from this expansion? I I'm want sorry. more blood. Okay. I, I don't know how you can more... get more blood than what we got, but okay. I want gore. I want to cut heads. That uh, katana? Are they using katanas in that time? I'm yes, sure they are, right? Yes. Okay. What about nunchucks? That's there a Chinese. I think that's a Chinese thing. Uh, okay. I could be wrong. All right. Maybe new weapons. Uh, new enemies, of course. I don't. I don't really feel like doing the Mongols again. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna game. I don't. Well, I highly doubt it'll be Mongols again because I'm pretty sure they're gonna do Mongols for the second like full game because like. In history, like the Mongols try again a second invasion like seven years after. Okay, well, I hope the story is about what's the name? Jin? I mm-hmm. hope Jin sheds a little more samurai armor and starts going into like the dark side. And full he on, to be a little more full on ghost. Yeah, full on ghost. And he might be making some difficult decisions. Uh, that's what I want to see story wise combat i want to see about the same for the combat but dude i love the multiplayer i want to see more multiplayer integrated into that it's possible i doubt it but it's possible they could maybe they have like he has like helpers or something on missions now if they go with like the fantasy aspect of it i, I would love that shit like, i don't think it, it's gonna do it i don't think it's gonna be the fantasy thing it's though. possible dude like just have him he just goes to the park and he eats some mushrooms so there's somewhere between the lore, <laughs> somewhere between reality and and the Japanese lore. Okay, 
I mean, yeah, yeah, that would be cool if they could do that. But I just feel like with the new location being a different island, it's like 50 miles away. It seems like it's going to be a continuation of the story. It doesn't seem like he's going to go That's there to. It doesn't seem like he's going to go there to get like drugged out or whatever. It sounds like it's going to be like he has a purpose to go there. It's probably going to be like something was calling him to that location. Just right? cleaning out Mongols. Maybe a leftover, maybe a warlord. Maybe it's like maybe it's like Japanese for once, like gonna be Japanese like enemies. Like maybe like a warlord that has like filled in that power vacuum kind of oh, thing. Okay, that's good. You know what I mean? Like, okay, Mongols are gone, but like okay, now it's my you know, that's my turn. Hey. Well actually the the Shogun if we're talking like a realistic story, the Shogun is after him, right? So yeah, uh I believe they've confirmed that the sto- that the the uncle surviving is the canon story, mm-hmm. I believe. So leaving your uncle alive, like that's the official, like true story, the true version of the game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think. So you're gonna kill your uncle again? You're gonna try to. <laughs> I don't know how that's gonna play out. I imagine after that, he probably wouldn't try to come after him again. Maybe I could be wrong, but uh, I I don't know. I'm think I. I what I want is I want I don't want the game to be and it's probably not gonna happen. I want to change the combat just because like having played the game like recently again like it feels not clunky, but the game feels too kind of like rock paper scissors in the way that it's like mm, like I, I don't know I want the combat to feel like nicer. It's hard to explain. I'm really bad at, at explaining, but I wish the combat was less a little more fluid. A little more fluid, a little more like chaining combos in a way kind of thing. You get what I'm saying? Oh, so a little more like Batman, where you're just like... Yes! Like yeah, but I'm thinking more of like, okay, because I just start... We'll, we'll get into it like after the stories, but like one of the games I'm playing is Scarlet Nexus. Uh-huh. And Scarlet Nexus has like a very, very like flowy kind of like combat style. Mm-hmm. Where like it's very much like... It's not just about like attacking. It's like about chaining your moves together so that they supplement and like kind of like keep the chain going, kind of thing. Okay. It's hard to explain, but I I don't know. I just I, I, Ghost of Tsushima's like combat now to me feels a little kind of stiff, which sounds weird because like when I first played the game, like I was raving about the com- combat being great, like the sword play and all that stuff. But it really is just like oh, shield enemies use the shield enemy stance. Uh, lance enemies with spears well, use a spear enemy stance well you know? i think that's why i love multiplayer like the main story feels very still compared to the combat and multiplayer multiplayer that's exactly what i'm doing dude i'm going from enemy to enemy fast yeah like, just running around that's true. stab stealth or it's i also insane. want like kind of what you want where like i want more like ninja e things to do i want yeah. more like like dropping down on enemies from like the top of a tent or like something like that I want or like you know because they kind of do that with like they introduce like the ghosts like in terms of like you have like the little throwing knives and like you have like your smoke you can like do stealth things i want a ruthless ninja dude but i would be it'd be dope if you could do like ninja ass things or like yeah like substitution kind of like where like enemies attack you and it's not you it's actually like a log or like a fake you kind of thing like like ninja ass things where like they do like the like the Maybe I think of like Naruto where they do like the substitution jitsu and stuff. But like, it'd be cool if you do like stuff like that with like his hands, like the little ninja stuff, like, like where they like they just you like just disappear like somewhere else kind of thing. And it's like a little more fantasy, but like, I don't know. I'm kind of struggling with the story a little bit, but I'm curious to see where the story continues. I really do feel like you can't do Mongols again. It feels like it. Like, if you're saving that for the second game, you can't just do Mongols again for the game in between. 
Because this is an expansion. It's not a true, like, sequel. Sequel, like, number two. Mm-hmm. I feel like you can't do Mongols again. So it might be, maybe it'll be, like, a Chinese threat. It could be a Japanese threat, like a warlord. Because, like, in, in Japan's history, there's always been, like, people have always had, like, uh, insurrections. There's always been somebody who wants to come up and be like, nah, I'm in charge now. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's a very, like, that's it makes sense for that to be, like, the next thing, I think. Yeah, a bunch of factions. Like, there's an insurrection. There's a shogun. You're still debating between... Now, Johnny, this expansion... All right. PS4 only, you think? No, why? Well, because Ghost of Tsushima is a PS4 game. You're going to have an expansion to a game that doesn't... You can't have an expansion to a game on a different console, right? At least not exclusively. It's going to be cross. Oh, cross-gen is what you're thinking? Yeah. I hope it is cross-gen. I hope it's not just PS4. I really do want that PS5, like, gen update for it. Yeah, but... Kind of like what Final Fantasy VII did. question is really, when is the game going to come out? Because Miles isn't on... Oh, it is on PS4. <laughs> I feel like this is probably going to be like a... We're going to see this at, at the PlayStation if thing. The, if the game comes out next year, it'll be still cross-gen. I'm thinking first quarter, second quarter next year. At the latest. Yeah. Earliest, probably December. I doubt it, but maybe. I'm thinking somewhere between November and like March. That's like the sweet spot for this. So it'll be like a little more than a year after the game first came out. You don't want to wait too long either, you know? That's how I feel. Anyways, we're going to move on to our sixth story. Well, hold on a question. How long after Miles? It was only a year, right? Spider-Man? No. Spider-Man, the 20... The, it was like 2019, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Or was it 28? No, it was like early 2019. It was early 2019, and then Miles Morales came out late 2020. Really? That long? Almost, yeah, almost two years. About a year and a half, really. Speaking of Miles Morales, Johnny, we're doing, we're killing it today with these segues. Insomniac is hiring for a new multiplayer project. Insomniac Games is currently hiring in a number of positions for an unannounced multiplayer project. This article comes to us from The Gamer. Not a person, but the website, The Gamer. Written by Joshua Robertson. Ratchet & Clank developer Insomniac Games is currently hiring in a number of positions for an unannounced multiplayer project. Insomniac Games isn't the first developer you think of when it comes to multiplayer games. That's definitely true. But the studio is currently currently looking for a multiplayer systems designer to oversee aspects of multiplayer features, mechanics, system systems design, and more. What we can glean from this is that it's pretty dang obvious that Insomniac is currently working on some kind of unannounced multiplayer project. What that game could be is anyone's best guess. The last fully focused multiplayer title that Insomniac worked on was Overstrike, which was then rebranded to Fuse in 2012. Wow, I haven't heard of Fuse in a long ass time. Sunset Overdrive and some of the older Ratchet and Clank titles also had multiplayer modes. But Insomniac has never really released a successful multiplayer-focused game in the studio's history. There's also the chance that this game might not be a new IP, as Insomniac has built up an impressive amount of established franchises it could take advantage of. Ratchet & Clank is a fairly safe bet, as is some kind of multiplayer-focused Spider-Man title. After all, Insomniac now has two Spider-Man protagonists to work with, and a co-op Spider-Man game doesn't sound too ridiculous to be completely out of the question. Johnny, isn't that what you said you wanted, like, not that long ago? I kind of say that about every game I love. <laughs> you want multiplayer in every game you love? 
Uh, let's see. Or like couch co-op. However, something else we can deduce from Insomniac's job post is that it looks like we'll be waiting a fairly long time before any kind of announcement. Apart from a systems designer, Insomniac is also looking for a creative director, story lead, art director, and a VFX artist. These are several very important roles in game development, and if the game story is still being worked on, it's safe to assume the game is still in early development. There's like another paragraph if somebody wants to read and it kind of goes on from there. Uh, you can find it at The Gamer, written by Joshua Robertson. Johnny. Okay, what about if this is just Hotline Miami or Burnout Paradise? Burnout Paradise, that's... Wait, what that's game That's not there? Insomniac, that's... Uh, at, that's uh, acclaim, I think, isn't it? Burnout. Yeah, that Insomniac doesn't do burnout, Johnny. Damn it! All right. And they don't do what was the first one you said? Hotline Miami. Yeah, that's not. They them don't either. do that either. Fuck. Pretty sure not. Okay, fine. Uh, let's go with Spider Man then. Do you want to? Okay, you want to? The combat in Spider Man is so dope, and if it was multiplayer, I don't know how they would pull that shit off. Playing a so Spider-Man with Miles yeah. at the same time. Yeah, it's super frantic, dude. And if you're like going up against somebody that has the same move set, I'm just thinking of like insane, what the what the combo na- combination attacks would look like. That would be dope. Like like setting up, setting up like a combo kind of thing. Like you know how Resident Evil Five where you like you melee an enemy and then like the other person can also melee them right after. Mm-hmm. Like it'd be cool if Spider-Man did that. Where like you like set them up for like I don't know, like Peter probably like tosses somebody up, webs them up, and then Miles comes in and like finishes them off kind of thing. Like an air combat kind of move. That'd be an amazing fucking game. It just seems impossible to pull off. I'm trying to think how would you make... it's just next gen. I'm just thinking how would you make that game like... From a narrative standpoint. Like you can fit them both in but be like... Okay like... Are they... Does the one Spider-Man just follow the other one from behind? Like is that all he does like throughout the story? Or like... Is that split up you go this way and take care of this. And I split up and go the other way. Uh, It's probably just going to be a sandbox. You just jump in whenever you want, and there's crime, and you can so when up. you're not playing with somebody, it's just the other ones. There's an NPC. No, I think you just do your thing on your own, and then if you want your friends to join in, they just join the city, and then you, you fight crime. It's not constantly like a narrative type of game. Like, like okay, Peter, I'll see you tomorrow. And like, okay, meet up, meet me at this place like early in the morning. The next cutscene like them already meeting up in the morning, kind of thing. So like. You know what I mean? So, like, they're always... It's kind of vague. I think you'd have to make the story vague. Mm-hmm. Or maybe just make it for certain missions where, like, certain missions are co-op compatible. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It wouldn't, it, wouldn't ha- it wouldn't be, like, fully, full, true, like, from start to end co-op. Yeah, what if it's exactly. another Ratchet? What if it's another Ratchet and Clank game or something? Well, why? Because they've done that before. Who wants to play that in multiplayer, though? I mean, that's not a game for me. Mm. I don't know. And the combat system in Spider-Man, that shit is fucking there, dude. Like, yeah. I mean, it makes sense with the extra... Now that we have Miles, like, we can do that. Uh-huh. I could also be like, what if they did, like, a like a Spider-Verse thing? And you have, like, different well, Spider-Man. That'd be dope. Yeah, that that's cool. But maybe this is just uh, Spider-Man Part 2. It's just Miles and Spider-Man, and it just happens to have multiplayer. It doesn't and that's mean, like, true. That means it's going to be a long-ass time before we see that game. That's gonna, I wish it was sooner than that. It might just be that. We're just integrating some type of multiplayer thing. It's more like couch call-up type of thing, and it's not a full-fledged sandbox type of... Or hopefully if they do do multiplayer, then it's like a separate mode like entirely. Like a, 
I don't know. They can make it like kind of like a mercenaries mode for Spider-Man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, something I want games to do is you have your full narrative game. And then if you want to call up your friend and be like, hey, dude, help me beat this level. They can go ahead and do that. And you can do it without them or, or not. Kind of like a Dead Space. Remember that last Dead Space? No. Mm. I only played the first two. But I know the third one did have like a second, like, I don't know if it was another Isaac Clark or like another like engineer or yeah, whatever. Yeah, another layer where your friends could come and help you and then yeah, you yeah. store together. This is exciting. I hope it's not Spider Man 2. I hope Spider Because I only reason I say that is because I want Spider Man 2 to be closer to development and releasing what this sounds like. Could be a new IP. I mean, okay, why they have Ratchet so and Clank. Huh? I mean, yeah, why would it be so far? What other IP might they have before Spider Man? Resistance. Resistance? Resistance is overdue for a comeback, Johnny. Okay. Multiplayer makes sense for Resistance because the first one had multiplayer too. I think all of them had multiplayer, and I think about it. We're overdue so for a Resistance a game, Johnny. than anything else. I think so. I'm hope it's probably not. I'm hoping it is because we're overdue for resistance, and like the first one was dope. The other two, they're okay. But I want more resistance, Johnny. So that's what I'm hoping out for. That's what I'm holding out for. Moving on to our final story. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. Is that a massive game? You think we've only got there, huh? Is that a massive game? Resistance. It's a Call of Duty. All right. Moving on. First person kind of decent story anyways uh our last story we made it johnny we made it resident evil village is getting an expansion so we kind of covered this over uh during the e3 last episode when we talked about e3 um so we're not going to delve too much into it but resident evil is getting dlc um i want more story dlc johnny how do you feel about it johnny what kind of dlc do you want for the game and just so you guys know we are going to do johnny finally finished village and we're going to do like a separate review episode like right after this. So you can check that out if you want. Johnny, without going too much spoilers, because I want to save that for later, what kind of DLC do you want for Village? <laughs> do you want modes or do you want like a continuation? So my main thing was I don't want to see any more uh, Ethan. Is it Ethan? I already mm-hmm. forgot his name. Okay. I want to see no more of that. Ethan Winters. Uh, I would love a Chris DLC, dude. Okay. He's like on his way. He's not there yet, but he's on his way. Okay, we're not gonna talk about spoilers, but he's on his way to get to to um, what do you call it, Andrew? Ethan. Yeah. Oh, to Europe. Yes, he's going to Europe. Okay. I want to see what happens on the way from from now to that. It's probably just a helicopter ride. There's <laughs> not enough gas for that. <laughs> well, he's in, already in Europe. Actually, that's good. He's but... already in Europe. Wait, wait. The, yeah, the game is set in uh, Romania. That's not a bad storyline. He's on a helicopter and he's like, fuck, the helicopter got shot down or whatever, right? We need gas. He lands at a train station and then he has to get from the train station to And there happens to be some kind of There's enemy. still an apocalypse, dude. It's not an apocalypse, though. It's just this one village. Remember? Yeah, but this is the train station world, right? like twenty miles from the village? Is that why? No, like he's close. He needs to make it down there to headquarters, but he crashes before that. So what's the threat? What's the supernatural threat? Because remember the might. The... 
not getting into spoilers, but like the threat, the threat of like the Lycans or whatever is like pretty much over at that point. Yeah, because yeah. you take it out like their main source or whatever the Mega Mycete. Yeah, so yeah, there's none of that. There's yeah. no. So what's the threat at this train station? We're back to zombies, classic. Zombies. Why is there zombies now again? Oh, we're talking timeline. Yeah. Shit. Okay, where are we at in the timeline? <laughs> this is like super late in the timeline. So. Okay, so in summary, you want Chris DLC. You want it to be a continuation of the story, and you want it to be set at this train station. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Let's okay. go with that. Now the threat. Like you asked me, is what virus is it? Is what really what you're asking me, right? How is there another one so quickly after you just finished? Yeah. Is the world not like full of no monsters? No. It's isolated. The village is sitting is isolated to that one village. Yeah. So there's no threats in the city. No, absolutely not. What? Did you not play the game? What am I missing? Spoilers. Fuck it. Spoilers. This is like the end of the podcast. If you don't want spoilers, get the fuck out. <laughs> the Mega My Seat it gets blown up, remember? Uh-huh. That Mega My Seat is like the source of like the mold. Yeah. And all that stuff. Uh-huh. Okay, well the werewolves, the lichens or whatever you want to call them are like part werewolf blood or part wolf blood, part mold. The the we call it the we call it the that thing, that thing's in the in the jar. The yeah, way call the, it the something madu ladu. Yeah, the little caldu caldu uh, right caldu caldu something like that. Yeah. That thing is made from the mega mice. That thing is inside of every infected being in the game. Correct. Pretty much. Yeah, that's only in the village. It doesn't go beyond the village. Uh-huh. The rest of the world is fine. As I mean, as far as we know. So you're saying umbrella's gone, tricell is gone. Yeah. And this thing technically proceed is before. Well, I mean, it starts before that, right? Because Miranda's experiments start like before Umbrella. Okay, so it's the. It's BS- always been just this village. So it's the BSS, BSAA, and they've sent some of their soldiers because they know, oh, Chris is fucking coming. Well, I think they're going in to find out and to extract like what exactly is going on here. So the thing is. I want another Resident Evil, and it still has Chris in it. I want that. I right, just try to stay on the DLC part, though. That that's the conflict I'm having. It's like, do I want to see a lot of Chris with this, and then they fucking kill off Chris, and we don't see him in the other games? No, I don't want that. I don't. Want that. They're not gonna kill off Chris. They're okay. gonna keep milking him. All right. Well, that's the problem. Like the threat is dead, so it's either gonna be the the BSAA that he has to deal with, and on his way, they're putting up a front so he doesn't get to the headquarters. Or this has to be like some type of prequel, or it has to be somebody else that's there at the same time. Yeah, I mean that's kind of like what it sounds like to me. I like to get like a. Let's go. With I that. would like for it to be like, what is Chris doing meanwhile during the whole plot, during the whole premise of RE8? Of so you want to replay the whole game with Chris? Well, I wouldn't. You wouldn't. You wouldn't be replaying the game. You yeah, would just be playing it from the same timeline. Yeah, the same timeline. Yes, maybe from Chris's point of view though. Like, what was he doing this whole time? Like, from the car accident right at the beginning of the game until you see him at the at the dam at the aqueduct. Like, because you don't see him in between those two things. You find like remember you go to the church and you see like the laptop set up like oh like someone's been here. Yeah, and it's based it's it's presumed it's him and his team like setting up. If you go into that one cave where you get that one treasure with the roots coming out from the ceiling, there's like another computer right there too. You know what? I would like that, and then Chris is also trying to figure out what's going on with the merchant. Yes, that would be cool. Yeah, yeah, 
But if we're going to do Chris, I want it to be about Chris during the same timeline, during the same events, but just from his point of view, like him setting up like, like, huh? Like, oh, like, like he has like, if you read his emails, he's like, oh, like Ethan is like here somewhere. Like we found like evidence that he's here. Like, what is that evidence? Like, is he always just like right behind you? Is he ahead of you? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I want to hear all the dialogue for that. Like, Ethan, you dumb bitch. Like, <laughs> like, let us do Right? Because we find him, he's like mad at you. He's like, he's like, oh, you did pretty well for yourself. Like, but we're done here. Like, you're, you're done here. Like, this isn't a game kind of thing. Right? Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you've been like like Chris has been like cleaning up his messes or like he's been doing something like kind of like tailing him. So that's what I want for DLC. So then what is our because Ethan fought uh, boss battles like what's our boss battle? Continuations or like maybe he weakened or like. So there's still conflicts with the same people. They don't have to be the same ones. Like maybe he took out like another enemy like you weren't aware of or something that was like a threat like a monster like a monster monster. Oh maybe something that was after Ethan. That we just probably didn't know was there because they got taken care of during the story. Like the guy, that big axe, the big ass dude, the giant with like the axe kind of thing, or like another one of those, or like the some could be like another monster or creature that the game just never told you was there but was kind of thing. All right, what about um... maybe he fights Miranda when she's like in the old lady hag mode? That would have been cool. That would be interesting. Like maybe he fights Miranda before and we just don't even know it. Cause he says like at the end of the game, he's like, okay, like I want to finish her off for good this time. Like, huh? Like, was that, do you mean because like they shot the crap out of her at the beginning of the game? Or is he talking about, cause he already fought her like at some point, maybe that could be interesting. I think there's potential for it to be like Chris DLC. My second, my second hope would be, it would just be, um, a little more of Ethan, but between the events of seven and eight. I feel like that. He's might... just trying to make a family at that point. Oh, there might. I mean, they could be room to like retcon something or like, I don't know. I it, feel like you, you could do something there. It'd be cool if you also play with a, uh, uh, Chris, and you have to go and you have to kill Mia. That'd be dope. Oh, like the mission leading up to that. Yeah. Yeah, but I feel like that would be pretty short. <laughs> I feel like there's not that much going on at that point. Is there anybody in the game that could serve as a protagonist that like, that ethan meets no not really huh why ethan because i'm saying like could we have played as that character other than the, the merchant which is just like a that's a, just a joke suggestion i keep uh thinking about ada wong doesn't make sense to me but no. i, I want to see more ada it is like chris's time it seems weird seeing ada without leon that doesn't make sense to me yeah so anyways they're gonna figure it out um clearly it's not it's nowhere close to being done because it says like it was like by popular demand like we started development like development has just started so like it's gonna be a while it's gonna be probably about a year i'm thinking so looking forward to wherever that is so that those are our stories for this week uh johnny we kind of got through them pretty fast actually so let's go ahead and go into oh what have we been playing, Johnny? What have you been playing? I've been playing several games. What about you? What have you been playing? Um, so I just got through Resident Evil a few days ago. Mm-hmm. I started playing, uh, what is it called, Nexus? Oh, you did? Oh, I just got through the story. Not through the story. I got through the tutorial. Uh, I played a little bit of the main campaign where you're just in the city. Did you choose the... Which character did you choose? I chose a girl. Oh, I did too. I was hoping you would choose the boys. We got different experiences, but I chose the girl too. No, uh, I'm... <laughs> 
when I, you saw the, what was the decision for you? For me, it was when I found out that like, he has like a sword, but she has like floating like batterings. I'm like, I want that. I tend to pick a a female when I don't really know anything about the story. You know, I'm just okay. like, all right, cool girl, let's just go with it. If it was like, hey, you got you got to pick between Kratos and some female I'm like, give me fucking kratos you know right right but if i don't know the story i'm just like, like default let's go with the girl okay i looked at their weapons and i was like okay one has a sword and the other one has like these floating like knife battering things i'm like that sounds well, that sounds like it has more promise when i read it i wasn't sure if he had telekinesis they both do they both do uh, they both right. have the same power all right um yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what to say about the game. Uh, it feels fluid enough right now. I love using the telekinesis. I like the way that you can lock on and move. Mm-hmm. This is a game that I'm not used to. You know, like you're yeah. way more into the Japan type of gameplay. Right. So for me, it's a little fresh for the combat. Yeah. But it's fluid enough for, for me to stick around. A little it feels while. good. Yeah. All right. Uh, I yeah, I agree. I've, I've been playing the same game. I think I'm probably a little ahead of you. I'm like on chapter two, which isn't that early because I've been playing other stuff and like I also was going on with my grandpa. Like I, was, I haven't like put that much time into it, but um, I'm like a, I'm yeah, I'm in chap phase or chapter two. I forget what it's called, but um, the story so far is kind of. I like the premise of the world. Like, there's not, there's been, there's like some background. If you like, you look into, like, if you go to the menu and you check, like, the library, like, in the menu, it tells you kind of like the backgrounds of the characters and kind of like. So it seems like the premise is like there's like everybody's connected in the world through like psychic internet, basically. Okay. Right? Like, you receive these calls through like you, you have like a invisible kind of like headset thing. There's a part where someone tries to verify who you are and they ask you to open, like, oh, can you like open your port to me? It's but, like thought chat. Yeah. It's kind of, it's basically just like if you put the internet in this like little earpiece and you just put it in your head. So you have like a heads up display wherever you go. There's an interesting part where like somebody's like beheaded. I don't know if you got to that part early on. No, no. Or it's like in the early, early part of the game where someone gets like beheaded. And when your character looks at them, like it's like visually censored. All right. And the game, and like someone's like, oh, like, like, oh yeah, the government censors like things they doesn't want us to see. So like the in-game explanation for like why you can't see that person's head is because like the, they're like they're kind of tapped into your mind to like censor that for you. Okay. So it's interesting like how it kind of does like this thought police psychic you know internet thing going on. Um, how do you feel about the monsters? Because I see like I like the monster designs, dude. I see like it's so a, like abstract. A pot of plants on some legs. Wait, and like, yeah. Where, where is this going? Like. Did I really think this through. What was the pitch for like for this? So the premise of the uh, I think they're others, right? That's what they called others. Yeah. These creatures, they're like kind of like manifestations of like psychic thoughts or something. There's like a storm. There's like a red storm or cloud over like the city, right? Mm-hmm. And it sounds like the others exist outside of this walled city or whatever, and that they are basically kind of like uh, constructs of like the mind, but like they're like kind of like the side effects of like psychic abilities, kind of thing. Right. And so that's why they're kind of like, they look like a hodgepodge of random stuff thrown together. Yeah, it's super random. Like I like the design. I like the monster design. The, like enemies. The pots you're talking about, the flower pots with the legs and like the light bulb tail thing, right? Yeah. It's really weird, uh, but it's different. I, I like that it's different. Later on, you encounter some other weird ones. There's like a, there's like this weird fat, or I think you fight him in the tutorial, this weird fat alligator thing with light bulbs on the side. I fought that, yeah. Right? It's like a weird, like, woolly mammoth alligator creature thing. Uh I like the designs. Uh, The light bulb things, I think, are little weaknesses for all the creatures. Because, like, 
Where I'm at, I'm at the point where, okay, so the game explains to you, right? Like your normal attacks build up your like little psychic meter thing, right? Mm -hmm. And then the psychic meter you use, you hold R2, and you get to like throw objects at the creatures to do more damage, right? Okay. But then like that meter depletes quickly, so you have to like fill up the gauge again with using your regular like square attacks, right? And so you kind of, you're basically cycling back and forth between using psychic and using like conventional attacks, right? That's, that's like. Yeah, and they power each other up. Yeah, they kind of like fuel each other, right? And then later on, there's a point where, um, Enemies, they introduce this mechanic where enemies have like a stagger kind of bar thing. Okay. Where if you do enough damage to them, but you don't kill them right away, like the, they, they kind of they get like knocked down kind of. There's like a... Yeah. And you can basically do like a, this really dope finishing move where like you lift them up. Like you, you hold L2 and it'll do like this thing where like you lift them up and they, it kills them like in a special way. Usually what it does is it like crushes the light bulb or it removes like their head or something. Huh. But if you do that specific like unique kill like you're guaranteed to get like a rare drop from them All right. like, a, like a rare item will drop from them so like certain enemies in the game like you're kind of you don't want to kill them outright you kind of just want to build up that that meter mm -hmm. where they become like vulnerable and then you go for the special kill so you can get like the item that they drop or something like that um i'm trying to remember there's like another mechanic they introduced did you already do the thing like where you can borrow other people's powers or no no all right so there's a i think they introduced it at the end of chapter one where, like, you're introduced to the other, the, the OSF, like, the other people who are kind of like you. But they each have different powers. Like, there's one person who can, like, make multiple copies of themselves. There's another guy who has, like, electrokinesis. There's another with just pyrokinesis. And so, like, certain enemies have certain weaknesses. And you can, like, borrow the powers from your other, like, it's, like, R1 plus, like, whatever button they're assigned to or whatever. And, like, you'll be, you'll, you'll like, temporarily borrow, like, their element or whatever they use. And then you can use that weakness against like certain enemies and stuff like that. I I like I really like the combat. It's like very fluid. It feels good. It reminds me of, like near Automata, but in a in a world where I actually kind of care about like I, mean, I want to know more about the world because near Automata was like very bland, very brown, very gray. So what I was gonna ask you next, like when I'm walking around the city, there's like not enough going on in the city to make me want to explore mm -hmm. i'm just like let me just go to the next chapter let me well just... what you do is what i did is i just look at the map you just go to the map and it shows you what all the points of interest are in the area you're at but that's the thing like okay world of horizon i'm just fucking going i'm just walking yeah versus a game like this i'm looking i'm focused more on the map than on, on the actual world you know? yeah so it's well it's completely different comparing like a triple a studio or a triple a game of horizon to yeah but like, since you mentioned the uh, near automata uh i feel like there's these segments well because near automata has the same thing with the mini map where like you can't sometimes you're just better off just looking at the mini map to see where you can go yeah these hubs like i mentioned i've mentioned before i fucking hate some of these hubs where they're just like hey you can meet fucking new people you could go here and like no just Sometimes just make it fucking linear. Just give me the next mission, you know? Okay, yeah. Uh, so that's something I find with this that might kind of annoy me later on. Mm -hmm. um, that's really it. I like the I like the uh, art direction. It's yes. like semi-art, uh, cel-shaded. Almost cel-shaded, but very, like, anime as hell looking, too. Where, like, the... Like, it looks like the facial expressions and everything's like... It looks like it's, like, like animated... But then, like, the character models are very much, like, no, these are, like, you know, like, like CGI, kind of. Like, the facial expressions look like they were, like, drawn with, like, I don't know what the programs would be called. Uh, Blender or, like, stuff like that. But, like, the character outlines, like, the models look, like, cel-shaded in a way. Mm -hmm. 
like it kind of like merges like two different like art styles to like make it like kind of like a unique kind of like poppy color bright yeah like cyberpunk kind of not cyberpunk but like steamish punk kind of like that kind of look um the character design is like very anime as hell that's not like anything surprising like in terms of like hairstyles and like facial expression that's very like japanese because it's bandai namco so it's like super japanese as hell um i wish the cutscenes played more out like cutscenes, but they do like the thing was like a panel comic book kind of panel thing yeah I, I know it's a budget thing i wish it didn't play out like cards i'm just like just show me the animation like the person's face and the yeah. other person's face here like you can't see what i'm doing with my hands it's kind of like these two pe- like two squares facing each other and that's kind of like how the cutscenes kind of play out Unless it's like a major cutscene, like where like a boss or something shows up. Yeah, I prefer games where, where maybe I collect something and they give me the the audio yeah audio logs playing the game. You know? Yeah, there's a neat there's a neat system the game has where like you receive emails basically that are kind of like thought emails or like text messages, mm-hmm. and you can just read it, and then if you reply, like it'll give you like more stuff to kind of try to make you feel like interactive in a way like you're dealing like you're getting real emails like you would in real life but i kind of like yeah i agree with johnny i wish it kind of played out like the traditional yeah because when, when i see the cards it makes me skip it and i'm like fuck man because you're missing i out want this... the story but yeah. i don't want to sit there in front of a fucking card yeah you don't have to keep how many push x right to keep the thing going no i just i really i'm interested in the story i just don't want to stare at like some stale ass card you know yeah i wish i wish there was more to look at while i was doing it yeah but not even then just give me the gameplay and as i'm playing like as i'm running through a corridor or something just give me the audio it does that sometimes too though uh not enough those aren't the regular cutscenes that's more kind of like just kind of like 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 kind of like banter like just regular banter like when you're playing like like oh so so and so tell me about this or whatever and like 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 their head will pop up on the side but you're like fighting or like you're walking around the environment and no, stuff. I want actual exposition when um in the game. Yeah. yeah, I mean the one good thing I do like is I've noticed that the that everything is pretty much fully voice acted with the exception of like the little like text messages you get. Mm-hmm. Like when the thing pops up, like it's not just like like it's actually like voice acted like everything. So that makes a huge difference in like. Just being like how you t- how That's I guess true a lot a lot of Japanese games like and I was just like uh so like I think for me the major hang up for me is when the games do that is like how your major hang up is with like little cards you're talking about I mean at the very least they could have had it like Metal Gear you know when Campbell comes up like you see his expressions and you're like there's something different about this the face yeah it's very static they don't really change that much. And I just wish it wasn't. And at least I mean, in Metal Gear, like you can initiate it. Those were amazing, dude. Like when you talk, uh, when it's like Raiden and you're talking to Rose and Rose and Raiden's like, "What the fuck is going on?" And all it is is his head in a little box. Yeah. And you, it comes across so well, dude. I wish they had that where you could, where they could express emotion better. That gives me an idea for. I don't know. Makes me want to write an article about that. Like, why does co- why do the codecs from a PS One game just flow better than? Then like uh, doing the title card, doing like the facial card anime ass thing in t- 2020. <laughs> cause yeah. I, I, cause I played, there's a lot, okay. I played a lot of like RPGs and a lot of RPGs, like I'm playing Disgaea six also, which does the exact same thing where it's just like slides out the character and then slides out the other character. And they kind of just like talk back and forth mm-hmm. with very little like facial ch- like changes or whatever. Yeah. But like, I guess I'm just used to it. I'm I, That's how it's been for the last I don't know, 2000, I'm thinking of like, when did they start doing that for RPGs? Like 2001. Like that's always kind of been like, we're on a budget. We need to get the story across. So we kind of just do it this way. And that's just, 
I'm just used to it. I'm like, I feel spoiled that it's fully voice acted because back then it's like, like the exposition dumps were just like all like you had to read and just push X through like all the, and it'd be like 10, 10 15, 20 minutes of just pushing X and reading. And it's like, it used yeah. to be a, a slog. What's his name? Because I said Raiden. Raiden. R- Raiden, yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's the same spelling. but Okay. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the good thing that I do like so far is that the for me, the combat, the action, like the, it kind of more than makes up for, at least so far, the bad points in the game. I'm just wondering if the combat's going to be able to hold me over for the entirety of the game. Because uh, every chapter they introduce like new mechanics to kind of like, keep it fresh in a way. Where it's like, okay, we can do this now. You can borrow these abilities. You have like these special moves now you can use when you fill up the gauge. Oh, like I feel like it will because what you see in the trailer, I feel like I'm nowhere near that. Yeah, the right. over the top. And yeah. if you have you gotten to the part where you actually can cho- you have like the we call it the brain map. Do you have that yet or no? No. So the brain map is basically the skill trees for the game. Okay. So like you know how you unlock like special whatever. Yeah, I may have gotten there, but go ahead. So every time you level up, you get like points you get to use like for the skill trees. Like sometimes you won't have enough, so you have to like save up another level up or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like I was looking, I kind of like just looked at the skill tree, and some of it's like basic stuff, like oh, like this gives you like five percent more damage, or like this gives you like an extra jump on top of your regular jump. But then I saw some where it was like oh, like. If you push this, this, this combination of attacks in this order, like, you'll do, like, a special move. Like, oh, okay, so it does kind of... It looks like it's going to add more than just the... Like, the basic attacks are only going to last you for so long before they start introducing, like, new kind of, the like combinations of attacks. Okay. So I feel like that might be more interesting. Also, it'll be more interesting as they add more powers, like, for you to borrow. Because I saw, like, one of the skill trees was, like... You, you can combine the powers? Yes. There's All a right, skill... Yeah. One of the things on the skill tree is, like, you can now use two of them at the same time. Like, oh, okay. So I can have, like, electricity and, like, multiple clones kind of thing are going on. Or, like, yeah. invisibility. And then I come in with, like, a fire attack or something. So, like, there is, like... Because we're still early in the game. But, like, there's already, like, glimpses and previews of, like, the stuff from the trailer is, like, you'll be able to, You'll get to that point eventually. Like, yeah, because right now I'm really interested in the game and the story and the combat mm-hmm. it's just that thing about like the dialogue I'm like is this gonna be the thing that, that breaks, breaks it for, it you. for me yeah. yeah I'm curious too because the story seems like it's getting somewhere because like it's kind of like where do these creatures come from and it's like there's some kind of like internal family like background thing going on mm-hmm. but it's like the mundane stuff the banter in between that's kind of like uh, like this kind of just drag or whenever they just whenever they talk about like oh so and so you're gonna split up into this Okay, we're good. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I pushed the space bar at some point. Okay, now we're recording again. We're recording again. We left off where we started. Johnny, what were you saying right now? You said you won't regret what? Oh, I don't think I'm going to regret selecting her because right now she seems very... She's kind of a hard smart. ass. Yeah. yeah. She does not play... She's not like a, a team... Not a team player. That's the word I'm looking for. She kind of has like... She has like that kind of attitude where she doesn't tolerate like people. Like, like, okay, like, you're kind of beneath me or, like, or you're not taking this seriously enough. She's kind of, like, she seems like the annoying person in a group project at school. It's kind of, like, okay, like, you guys, just let me do everything. Like, uh, like, well, right. I didn't want somebody that was going to be tame either. And that seems like that's what the guy is. The yeah, other character. Because yeah. you, you, you come across the other guy you play as, right? But, like, from the other perspective as her. Yes, when I saw the other guy, I was like, yeah, I don't want to deal with this fucker right now. Just... And you could tell she doesn't, like, like him either. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like this guy's, like, such a wimp. And it's like, damn, that's that's what the gameplay would be, like, from his point of view. I feel like if I was playing as a guy right now, the guy would be like, she's kind of cute. Maybe I could uh, yeah. impress her with my moves or something, right? Yeah, but it seems so, like the character you play as her sister is the one that's interested in him. 
the the blonde chick, the other one, is with you. I don't know. The it, impression I got from him was like he was maybe might be a pushover or something. Yeah, that's definitely how his voice his voice acting comes across. Like he's kind of very timid and kind of like not firm. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, so yeah, uh, we'll see how that game goes. We'll probably I imagine I'm gonna play more of it. You are probably too, and we'll probably go into more uh, about that as we progress next time. Uh, how, what else have you been playing, Johnny? Because that this coincided where we were both playing the same game. But what else have you been playing, or is that the only thing you've been playing? I think that's it. Besides I, RE8, because we'll talk about that later. No, I think I... It's no a, more Fortnite? It's a, uh, no, not really. I mean, the the beginning of the season is always kind of boring, you know? Oh, it's a new season. That's right. Yeah, yeah. it's it's always a, a brand new season. They destroy a bunch of things. There's it's, like a UFO or something, right? Yeah, the UFOs are fun. You fly around up there, and it... I Okay, so since we're on the topic, the UFOs are dope, because if you're not a good builder... You could get on the UFO and you could blast the people in the in their builds, mm-hmm. and then you your team can go and just destroy every, everybody that was in the build. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so you're able to contribute more than you would otherwise. Okay. Um, so the UFOs are dope. The guns are dope. There's like these laser guns and shit, uh, plasma guns. Um, but there's there hasn't been anything that's like very innovative as far as the weapons like sometimes i have like a pulse grenade stuff like that none of that has really do they still have that that one that makes you dance the disco one they take it on and off they okay because i haven't involved. seen it in a long time yeah um so i've improved with my builds but there's some fucking gods out there playing this game dude and what yeah. they're building like trojan horses or something or yeah, doing wild shit out there but uh, the beginning of the season is always pretty slow, so I I rather just jump in towards the end. I finally got my first uh, victory in duos last last week. How was that? Uh, not last week actually. I'm sorry. This was before I went to Mexico. I got my first like victory in duos. I was playing with uh, this one guy. I think I told you about him before. He has a, he has a podcast called Channel Three. Mm-hmm. He also does like video game stuff. But like like he kind of like it was kind of just we kind of just lucked out sort of where um. By the end of the mat, like when the when the circle is like really small, we were like up on the slope of a hill, and like the other two teams were like below us in the forest, and oh. so we just had like the superior. We, had, we just had a really good position on the other team, and we were able to like win. And it was like my first time ever winning like in Fortnite, so that was cool. We were playing, we were playing duos, and yeah, we just got lucky with the. What did you guys kill him with? What was the? Difference? I was using the. Uh, I got the last kill on an enemy that was like he was on fire. Cause another, he just killed the guy who set him on fire, uh-huh. and he was running away to try to, you know, he was trying to get behind a tree to like heal himself. Cause we were like in this forest with these like thick, like yellow, like fall trees. Mm-hmm. It's like I forgot where, like I forget where in the game like it is specifically, but like it's like a foresty area beneath some hills. And so he was on fire. He just killed the guy who set him on fire, and he went to go heal. And I had the uh, the purple assault rifle. It was like a scar kind of. Okay. It looks like the like the real life scar yeah. assault rifle, and I just I just aimed for the head and just kept shooting until you died. <laughs> Very straightforward. When I'm playing this game, I definitely feel like, you know, I I it's a little bit difficult to get into the combat. Yeah. So learning it like the learning curve is pretty damn big with this game, especially the building. Yeah. So when I'm having a hard time, I'm just kind of sitting there like, damn, I wish this was. Uh, Last of Us factions, dude. Like I can't wait to play that fucking game, and it'll be dope because 
when it comes out, everything's gonna be fresh to everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. So no one's gonna have like years get, of experience. Yeah, you'll be able to get a, a little bit of a foothold with the combat, and I can't imagine how intense that shit's gonna be. Do you think it's gonna be like? Is it gonna be like big maps or like small maps? Because I feel like in the Last of Us, you kind of have to do small maps for like that intimacy for like combat. Like, well, when you play the game, you walk around all these areas and you're like this has so much potential for fucking multiplayer dude mm-hmm. like the part where you're in the train you know there's a, a long corridor and you're going across the train okay and yeah. the, the containers are open you go around every fucking little container and oh when you're, when you're trying to get to like the aquarium right the where all the shipping containers are yeah there's yeah. a ton of sh- shipping containers there's that you can fight in the stadium uh you can fight in the malls uh, in the open city where all the buildings Seattle, are. Seattle, yeah. There's so many places that are just ready in to the aquarium for, for multiplayer, yeah. Um, I just don't know how they're going to deliver it. Like, are they going to give you, like, hey, this season has this map, this season has this map, or are they just going to give us all this shit immediately, you know? Mm-hmm. But, uh, uh, whatever. I'm just <laughs> ready for that game. Alright, so besides uh, Scarlet Nexus, I've been playing a game that I actually got a review code for. Uh, it's a game that's already out, actually, so you can just play it right away. You don't have to wait. Um, it's called uh, Sea... Uh, no, sorry, not Sea of Thieves. King, uh, King of Seas. It's kind of a... It's like a... For those of you guys who know what Sid Meier's Pirates is, that's basically what the game is. For those of you like Johnny who probably don't know what that is, it's uh, like you kind of... It's like a pirate simulator in a way where you go out in your boat you never touch ground like you never get off your boat you're always on your boat you're always the boat basically you have different types of boats you can purchase but you're i start off as like the small sloop which is like a small like 20 person boat and basically you just go attack like other ships you take their loot you go into ports and you sell the loot and then you buy upgrades for your ship like better cannons better so armor this is pirate tycoon kind of well it tries to do that, mm-hmm. like Sid Meier's Pirates. Sid Meier's Pirates is like the original pirate version of Tycoon, right? It's like you, you, but that one has way more stuff to do and is better fleshed out than this game. So, see, uh, King of, I keep saying Sea of Thieves, but that's because that's like the main pirate game right now. King of Seas is what the game's called. Uh, it's like twenty bucks. You can get it right now for like twenty bucks. But uh, the publisher was kind enough to I requested a re- review code. They gave me one. And so it basically plays like Sid Meier's Pirates where you kind of go out in the ocean. You find like enemy other ships that are either like if they're like um, mercantile ships. Like they're not a lot. They're not like looking out for trouble. They're just like transferring cargo. Mm -hmm. Then you can engage them in combat. And you kind of just like shoot cannons at each other. And you just go around. You like you can adjust your sails to like speed up or slow down for like that right like maneuver or that angle. Like, Like if you have your sails open... And it's very hard to make tight turns. Mm-hmm. So you can like lower your sails to kind of like pivot and then like raise your sails up to like speed up again. So is it is it like a whole team? You manage no, or no. How do you manipulate this? Yeah, you're the ship. You're the ship. Oh, you're the actual ship. You're the ship. You raise and lower the sails like with the left and D, right D-pad buttons. All right. No, I'm sorry. Up and down on the D-pad is how you lower them. So, like, if you're engaging another ship in combat and the ship's, like, firing cannons at you, like, if you don't, you can, like, raise your sails to, like, kind of rush out of the way. Mm-hmm. Or if you're trying to, like, turn around because you want to get another shot at them, like, you lower your sails so you can, like, kind of, like, turn and, pit, like, it's like putting the e-brake on a car kind of thing. Mm-hmm. 
where you kind of like like kind of drift you don't really drift in the ship but it's kind of like that and you turn around so you have to like kind of use like some strategy but you get like these dope like power-ups like you can have like um like you have like a front you can add like a front cannon to the bow which is like the front so like you can automatically just start off with a shot you can also add like a flamethrower to your ship. It's a very so the game's like very whimsical. It looks very much like a Pixar kind of looking. Like the graphics are very like cartoony looking. Okay. Okay. It's very like whimsical, kind of like Pixar, Disney-ish looking. And like you get, you can make your, you can make your ship into like a ghost ship temporarily, where you just like avoid all damage. It's weird, but like my issue with the game is like it's not very good at explaining things. For example, like uh, you can buy new equipment for you can upgrade your mass, like the sails. You can upgrade like the armor of your ship, but it's very bad at telling you exactly how much better this is over the other thing you already have. Doesn't have percentage or it doesn't give you percentages. It gives you numbers, but then when you ref- when you put on the equipment or whatever, like the actual stats that you have for your ship, like don't reflect the changes or they show them as like wrong. And so what it is is the game measures like different things. Like it doesn't tell you like, yeah, this cannon is stronger, but it doesn't tell you like, oh, but it has less range though. So like, uh, there's a massive issue with the games like uh, UI with the interface where it, it just things are not explained properly. Mm-hmm. And so like there'll be times where like okay I'm like upgraded, but I die in two hits. Like what the hell? Like what's going on? And there'll be other times where like my gear is like I'm putting on the worst gear. But I, I'm like invincible. I'm like, there's no sense of like, I don't know if there was no QA done on the game or whatever. But like, it's it's a, it's very frustrating to play, and it sucks because I really want to like the game. Like I love like pirate stuff, like pirate theme, like anything with like the ocean or ships. Like I love that. Mm-hmm. Like I like the Assassin's Creed game Black Flag, the one with the pirates. Like that's my favorite Assassin's Creed game. But this is like. I don't know. It's just very frustrating. The story is like what kind of so-so. Like you're like um, like you're the daughter or the son, depending on who you choose, of like the king of the seas, which is like the the pirate. Like like you know, it's like the admiral kind of thing. Uh, you go on your first sailing expedition, and then you come back and you're in the king's dead, and like you're kind of blamed for it, even though you weren't even there. And so, like, you get washed up, you get, like, kind of, like, adopted by these pirates, and now your mission is to, like, go back and figure out, like, who killed your dad, kind of thing. But, like, the overall gameplay, which is, like, the strong, the combat, which is, like, the crux of what the game is, it's just not well, it's not fleshed out well. The economics of the game is cool, though, like, because you can, like, buy, like, goods, like, luxury goods in one port, and you can go to another port, and, like, they'll pay you more for the same stuff. Or you can go somewhere like where you can buy like cheap goods, and if you transport them to another port that you know like pays better, you'll make money that way. Mm-hmm. The thing that I do like is that I'm playing on normal difficulty. When you lose or when you die, like you keep all your stuff. I saw that if you play on hard difficulty though, you lose everything every time you die, and that would be extremely frustrating because you die a lot in the game. Like, there's shit, like I told you, like, there's no, like, sense of, like, what could, what does and what doesn't kill me. You kind of just have to find out the hard way. But there is, on normal mode and on easy mode, there's, you keep everything, and there is, like, a sense of steady progression. Because, like, you get experience points for, like, finding, like, rescuing a sailor at sea, you get experience points. You find 
uh, like treasure chest or like a sunken ship, you get experience points. You destroy another ship, you get experience points. So there's, even though you have all these setbacks to keep dying, you're constantly making improvements so the game doesn't like waste your time completely. So is the gameplay addictive? Or is it, it is. It is when it's going well, like it's fun. But I've only put about five hours in the game. I can't imagine doing the same stuff, shooting the same ships because there's not that much enemy variety. It's just like, the ships from like where you come from, like the like the kingdom, and the ships that are like the private like mer- like merchant ships, like those are the only two types of ships. Mm. Those are like the two factions besides the pirates, which are you. And it's kind of like they all kind of look the same. It's kind of very generic like pirate ship look, and it's just like I don't know. I really wanted to like the game. I'm not really enjoying it. I'm probably I'm gonna probably have to buy, write a bad review about it. <laughs> so, I mean that kind of sucks. I'm in like. I kind of feel this developer that made this game, I think this is like their third game they've done. The first two were like commercial, like tied games. There's like one, uh, there's like a, do you know who Ryan is, Johnny? Like, it's a kid on YouTube who reviews toys. Yes. He has a game called Ryan Racer. It, they made a game about this kid and it's a racing game. It's like a cart game, but it's about like, it's a really silly, goofy game. Oh, it's not so bad. It's a kid game, right? Yeah. It's it, it, whatever. Um, and some other game I forgot that's like similar. So this one they did is like a very solid attempt at it, something that's not tied to anything existing, like not any existing like license, like you know franchises or like properties. Mm-hmm. It's like their own like individual att- like original attempt at something, and you can see that the bones are there, like the format or whatever they use is there there is something good underneath all of this like frustration like it's there it's just they couldn't they couldn't fully maximize it i guess i'm not sure that's the word i'm looking for polish it yeah it lacks so much polish but the core fundamentals of what the game is it's good it's there they just needed more i think they three more three or four more months or something and they would have been like amazing i think it looks kind of corny. It looks kind of goofy, like cartoony. So you think, for the time being, maybe just drop the game and see where it's at a few months from now. If they can update it, all it really needs is a u like a UI, like a HUD update, and I think the game will be solid. Honestly, maybe add more variety to the enemy ships, mm-hmm. and that's about it. Like the core combat is simple, straightforward. It's just confusing to understand because the numbers, the stats don't reflect the actual proper changes. So it's there, but it's kind of like a like when you take out a turkey out of the oven too early. It's like you know it needs a, a little more time in the oven to marinate. It's a little salt, a little it needs a little more sauce. Yeah, it needs a little more. Um, I would probably put like a little honey or something on it. So, so yeah, uh, I got that review code for the the. Uh, the outlet I sometimes write for uh, Geekdoos now, so I'm gonna go back and probably put a few more hours just to make sure there's nothing I'm really missing, and just uh, write up about that. The other game I've been playing, and I just been playing this since Monday. Today's Wednesday. Is uh, Disguise Six. Uh, Disguise Six Johnny is a well, obviously it's the sixth entry in the series, but it's a strategy RPG game very similar to XCOM. But this game is like super, super over the top and wacky. Like your character starts off like a level, what was it? Um, 
like level 999 and like the attacks you deal are like in the thousands so like the game's very much over the top it's it, it's very tongue-in-cheek where like it knows it's being weird every, every time i hear this guy like people are like this guy a good game whatever i feel kind of like i feel repulsed for some reason i don't know what that what that's about you think it's who makes the game where's it from what's the theme so it's made the the developer is and i uh they call it Nip, nippon itchy software it's like a super japanese small studio mm-hmm. uh just nis is what I, I i call it shorthand nis um they they mostly port they mostly publish other japanese games that are like from studios that are too small to have their own publishing branch in the u.s so like very small niche like weird games is what they do that's what they specialize in I'm trying to think of like a, a comparison I can make to someone like you would probably know, but it's kind of like think of like an indie like studio or like an indie like filmmaker kind of. Well, thing. you play for the gameplay and nothing else, right? I play for the humor and for the gameplay, because the games are like super funny and they're super weird. I don't think I've ever played a game strictly for the humor. That's what makes it interesting, because most games you don't play for humor. Like, but the Disgaea series is very known for being like they parody a lot of like pop culture stuff, like. Again, just okay. So, Disgaea Two is my favorite of the whole series. It's my favorite game because it's not too simple, but it's not too overly complicated. Because mm-hmm. as a as a entries go on, they add way more mechanics to the game. They kind of make it overly complicated yeah. to the point where it's like, okay, this is, you're just kind of getting in the way of yourself. Disgaea Two is hilarious though, because there's like a character who's like a clear like Steven Spielberg like parody. There's a uh, so like okay, so Disgaea Two is about this guy, this character who his whole family have been turned into demons. Basically, it's very it's very goofy. It's very Japanese where it's not like scary. It's supposed to be like funny. Like his whole family's been turned to demons by this demon lord character. This he's called the Overlord Zenon, whatever. And so he summons. He tries to summon this character to turn his family back to normal. He accidentally summons the demon lord's daughter, who is like super like busty, super like cute or whatever, and like. He messed up, so now he has to take the daughter back to the Overlord so he can kill the Overlord in person. Mm-hmm. But along the way, he gets like all these weird characters that join him. There's like a weird talking frog that joins you. There's a like former like 80s like hair metal like artist who joins you. Who like he, all his attacks are like based on like on music and stuff. And then there's like he his agent is like the Steven, Steven Spielberg looking guy. He has like sunglasses with a bushy beard, like the director hat and everything. And the game's like very it's very like self-aware. Like like I remember there's a part where like you fight this enemy and like like oh like the main character says like oh like we can take you on like you only have like so like ten thousand HP or something. Like the game is very like fourth it breaks the fourth wall constantly. Like it knows what it is. It's it's very like it's meant to be like funny. But the combat is like really, really fun too, because like you can do like like special attacks like the animations for the special attacks are either really really awesome or really really funny like there's like a, like a, there's like a specific attack where like an enemy drops like a, a giant pan on somebody's head and it does like a whole bunch of damage and there's other times where like it's like over the top where you fly up into space fire like a like an orbital cannon at the earth that destroys the earth and like only does like a little bit of damage or something like it's all over the place. So Disguise is known for having like that kind of like humor. It's meant to be very like just goofy. Oh, like just that's what it is. It knows what it is. So um, I'm playing that right now. I'm having issues with the game where they kind of exaggerated what the level limits are in the game. Like numbers one through five, all the Sky games have always had like the level cap is 9,999. That's like the level cap. 
by the end of the story like just doing the story missions or whatever like you end at level 100 but if you wanted to go for all the post-game stuff you have to get to level 9999 this one in this one you start off like a level 900 and the level cap is 99,999,999 and it's like, why would you pat it out so much? Like, it's just so much. Like, the numbers don't even mean anything anymore. Because, like, at level 999, my characters are doing, like, a million damage each. And, like, it's just, like, it's just numbers for numbers' sake. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's just really confusing. Not confusing. It's just really, like, why did you do this? And, like, they have, like, all these, They've introduced so many systems with this newest one where it's, like, if you want to power up your character, like you can, but like all the systems are very convoluted. It's like you can start over at level one again, but like the next time you reach level 999, like your stats will be higher than they were the first time. So there's like the system where like you can reincarnate your character over and over, and each time they get to that level limit, like they are stronger than the previous one. And it's just, I don't know. I love I love the franchise. I just feel like this is like probably like the weakest entry in the series so far. Uh I'm playing it on my Switch. It's fun. But it's not like, it's not as fun as it I'm used to. Does that make sense? It's like playing a really bad Call of Duty, kind of. If you love Call of Duty, so. Or in your case, it's like playing like a really bad Mass Effect, I guess. Andromeda. But you still love it because it's Mass Effect. Well, you didn't play Andromeda, though. Yeah, it wasn't. My love for it was Okay, take the weakest Mass Effect you've played, and that's what it is. You haven't played Andromeda. I tried it. Okay, was it that bad? Yeah, it was pretty bad. Is it as bad as all the critics said like it was? The gameplay is okay for the actual main campaign. Multiplayer does not feel anything like 3 to me. It feels like a completely different studio worked on it. And the narrative, the story itself, feels too... um, uh, It feels like today's culture. Which is a negative. Okay. Well, for well for Disguise Six, the story is not that great. The gameplay is great. It's just the story is not that great. And also, they changed the art style where like Disguise always had like two D art. Now they have like three D models, and you can tell like there's like, a lot of frame drop whenever they do like special attacks because like, it has to like render everything. And also, they put it out on the Switch, which isn't even like the best system to put it on because up until now, all the major entries in the games. All the major entries in the series have been on PlayStation. Like, it's always been on PS3, PS2, and PS4. Uh, I'm assuming this guy sells like hotcakes. In Japan, more than does here. Yeah, it doesn't It doesn't sell that great. But then they, they also, like, never put out too many copies either to, like, make Game it. Gamebusters. Yeah, like, they know what they have. They know there's a niche market, niche, niche, niche market for it. And they know, like, who their audience is. It's niche no, that's the philosopher. I'm oh, okay. So I'm playing those games. Uh, I mentioned Scarlet Nexus. I mentioned let's see, King of Sea. Okay, yeah, yeah. We're up, we're up to date. So Johnny, if there's nothing else, you know what that means, right? It means it's time for the pitch. All right, go for it. All right, which ones are we grabbing? This one or this one? Uh, you're grabbing the white one, unless you want a modifier. So, for ladies and gentlemen, uh, if this isn't your first rodeo, I mean, if this is your first rodeo, uh, the pitch is a segment where Johnny and I, we take uh, papers from two separate containers, and we try to combine a setting with a 
game genre and we try to come up with the best possible pitch for that game so johnny what do we have we we choose two or three uh you pick uh two and then you pick the best one or you pick them both also this is something we do always at the end of the podcast so if you guys want to skip part of the segment in the pod or whatever and this is like your your favorite part it's it's something we do it's always at the end at the end yeah it's always at the end if you want to listen to Johnny and I talk about our review of Resident Evil 8, though, you can uh, I'm gonna p- try to put these up at the same time. You should be able to find that episode of the podcast right after this one. I'm going to try to put them up at the same time, though. All right, Johnny, I have European, and I can't seem to open this paper for some reason. I can't find, like, the open. Oh, here we go. Um, oh. No, I just pulled the regular one. European and Colonial. Those are my two settings. European and Colonial. What do you got? Uh, Those sound kind of similar, but what do you got? This is kind of tough. What uh, are your options? Fantasy Racing. European and Colonial. Fantasy Racing. Okay, so sometimes I'll take out the modifier when it's a little bit... Vague? A little vague or a little... Um, I want to do European racing <laughs> yeah i don't feel like doing a uh fantasy so let's stick with the racing european racing are we talking bmw we're talking aston martins <laughs> is it just european cars no hondas no like hyundai no four <laughs> all right so i got so we're doing european racing okay <laughs> is this, it's like uh what's that one that lance arms what's the bike one called the uh, tour de france or the tour de france right Okay, the modifier is not gonna work. What's the modifier? Is something uh, stupid? Yeah, pet. What? Pet, yeah. And body modifications. <laughs> we could do body modifications. What is this like Death Race or something? <laughs> is it Mad Max across Europe or what? Alright. So you're paying have to work with it. Okay, okay, European racing. Body modifications. Are we talking about like enhanced like eyesight for like racing at night or what is this? What kind of body modification? Are, is the body the car's body or is right, the see the thing about this is I don't like the European part. Like racing and body mods, I can make that work. But European, why does it have to be there? What's a good spot for European for this to work? Uh the Alps and the mountains. Maybe like the Italian countryside. Okay, I, I was gonna make it more specific uh, to the people, but yeah, if we're just talking landscape, we can I guess go with that. That'll be like the event, right? Well, like well I would set circuit outside or... of Tuscany, Tuscany or something, Italian countryside. All right, so let's get into the body mods. Are the body mods for the racers or for the cars? Because body can apply to a racer or the car oh, body. Oh, good idea. Why not both? <laughs> okay, so we're we're racing. Lamborghinis, we got so nothing that's Japanese or American basically is in this race, right? I mean, Let's, okay, we can do that. So, you got your Jaguars, you got your Aston Martins, you got your BMWs, you got your your Alfa Romero, your what am I forgetting? Ferraris, your what? These ones are German brands, Johnny. We got BMW, I know there's other ones out there. Is there no other like European brands? There's um Saab, right? Yeah, Saab. I Saab think, is Swedish, I believe. I yeah. think there's a Pagani. Um, 
You kind of got them all. I'm surprised because you're not a car guy. No, but I do know what's European, what's Japanese, and what's like mostly American. So, all right. So, like, okay. So, is this like some kind of like? Is it like? Is it? What are the stakes of this race? Is it just for money? Is your life. For... So it's like death race or something. It's your life. Yes. So do the cars have modification? Is this like 007 where like galleon guns pop out of like the headlights? Or okay, what? so we can go into the future. Like we we got our car brands. That's cool. But let's move a little bit into the future, and we can do uh, like a, what is it called? Um, Are Lancers Japanese? Yeah, those are Japanese. Damn it. Uh, so we go into the future, and now we have uh, what is it called? Elon Musk's uh, cyber thing that you put into your head. You drill a hole, you put snap it into. Can't your head. remember the name. I know SpaceX S- and Tesla. Right? That's about it. And the Boring Company or whatever. That's all I know. Space, How yeah, my, Brainlink, was it something link, right? Mindlink. It's not hyperlink. I want to say a bunch of words: thing. Brainlink, Mindlink, Satellite Link. You guys know what we're talking about. It's just the thing that you put into your head, right? Internet Link. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Headlink. So. Skull Link. All these drivers, they got this shit in their fucking head, right? Is it like a heads-up display, or what is it? Well, it's now. Now this is the next phase of that technology. Oh God, they have bombs in their heads. For sure. It's like Suicide Squad where like if you don't win or you do bad, like they kill you? Sure. There's like 20 competitors. Only one survives. He's got to make it to the finish line. You know what? This is becoming like Twisted Metal and Vigilante 8. You got to make it through the finish line or you're going to make it through the course. Everybody behind you just blows up, right? The first one that crosses, like it just sets it's, up the trigger safe. for everybody else? This is like a... This is like um, no second or third place. No, this is gonna be like uh, the Coliseum. Mm. You fucking win or you you're dead. Actually, that's a myth. A lot of the gladiators would survive because it's very expensive to raise new gladiators. So they actually, they, it wasn't always a fight to the death. So was just, there still a finger ups down thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was I think that was a thing. But the gladiators dying every single time there was a fight. What about the animals? I'm pretty sure the animals always died. Yes. But the gladiators themselves, they didn't always die because it's very expensive to, like, start all over, build up a new person or whatever for... That's a good point, too, because if a gladiator dies and he's a favorite... Yeah, exactly. That, yeah, yeah. People would be pissed. So. All right, cool. So how, do, how does this play into the our bomb in the head thing? I don't know. I mean, we could do it kind of like... Uh, they have teams. You could do teams. Right. Yeah, you could do teams. So if you make it, if one of your teammates makes it, you're still good. Okay. So not everybody fucking dies. But mm-hmm. a lot of people die. Right. So you got that, but there's also modifications for... Uh, give me some help. This shit is tough, dude. Okay, I was thinking, like, very basic. I'm thinking, like, 007, like... How? You got, like... You can lay down, like, an oil slick behind you or, like, spike traps or you have, like, gallon guns in the headlights. You have, uh... I'm thinking of, like, Fast 9 where they do, like, the, like the recent one that just came out where they do, like, the magnet stuff where, like, you can repel or pull cars towards you. You can have like maybe like a monster truck where you can like elevate your car above the other cars kind of thing. It's called Neuralink. I remember now. Neuralink. Okay. All right. So I like your idea more. Which one? Where it's uh, your car is heavily modified. Mm-hmm. It's kind of bondish, but mm-hmm. I, I still don't know where the body mods fit in. When you said body mods, I thought body mods for like the car's body. That's what I was thinking. Fuck yeah, let's go there. That that, that makes more sense than the pe- than the racers themselves having body mods in a, in like their seat. You know what I mean? 
Like, okay, they have mods, but, like, it has no effect within the seat of their car. So is this a death race, or is it just a high-performance, high-octane type of game? I, it could be both. It seems like death race, where it's like, you want to go fast. Like, okay, so that's a strategy. Like, do you want to weigh down your car with all these gadgets, but it makes you slower? Or do you want to be have, like, less armament, but you're, like, faster? Like, you got to, like, balance it out. So we're doing twisted metal, but it's still a racer. Yeah, you're still, you're still going forward. Yeah, you have to go forward. <laughs> All right, sounds good. All right, we've got a better... It's basically like Mario Kart in a way. <laughs> All right, so let's do... It's like Mario Kart, but it's a little more in the realistic. Yeah, it's more grounded. All right, so, like, they could burst your fucking tires or... Mm, like right? oil slick or they just shoot your tires out? All of that. Okay. All of that. Um, They could fuck with your engine. Oh, it'd be dope if you have, like, high-tech stuff, and sometimes you get, like, uh, EMPs um would that be an issue for a car though if you're just running on gas what do you mean would an emp really mess you up you don't need electricity to well i mean once the car starts what if you have like a nighttime circuit oh and then you toss the EMP or you can't the or you can't use your your weapons for a short amount of time or something like you're like defenseless yeah, it's all electronic right? yeah you yeah, got yeah. Your, your your screen in the front yeah so you can't use your screen and you fucking crash it that's like when you can't use like your mini map in call of duty like when it's like you're being blocked Ah, uh, okay like a jammer yeah that could work this is a quick uh it's quick it's a very basic premise that's why like i mean do you want to throw in a story do you want to like are these people picked up from the different countries or like are they all, were they were they did they all wrong like the same person or something <laughs> like is it like the so country the story is is it just in the future like morality is at an all time low and like this is like the one thing that keeps everybody in the world interested like representing their country or something yes the plot is after Brexit they- <laughs> <laughs> go ahead go ahead so after Brexit a bunch of factions developed and the only way. To get through this crisis was through engineering. Is this like a financial crisis or is this like an energy crisis? No, it's just mad at each other. They're just mad at each other. The make, European Union's like, you know what, England? Like, screw you, okay? Like, oh yeah, we can settle this. We're going to settle this on the racetrack. Like, all right. Yeah, we're see, down. And that's the drama. Like, you're going to see legislation being passed through every season. <laughs> And they get crazy and crazier. Like, hey, now you could fucking use oils. Like, now you could do this. And that. <laughs> it's like all like level two weapons are now legal. <laughs> it's like yeah, like the purge yeah, yeah, or yeah. something. <laughs> that's a good uh, that's a good development for the actual gameplay. At the beginning, it's like pretty mild. It's pretty oh, like it tame. escalates. Yeah, oh, okay. like you're using regular high performance cars, mm-hmm. and as it escalates. It's like you start using the EMPs. All level, much. all level one uh, like weapons are now available. Are now like there's like a timer or something. It's like, yeah, yeah, okay. So, yeah, it all goes in phases. And towards the end of the fucking game, you got like chainsaws on your car. <laughs> the the spike, the spike things the trucks have on the on the rims. Yeah, <laughs> if you get too close. <laughs> yeah. And it, it'd be dope if they have like not just a uh, weather system, but an environmental system, where it's. Everything is nice. Everything is like starts off easy. Clean. All the all the city is like nice and tame. But after that, it's all like, of a sudden it's like Bowser's castle, with like lava yes. pits and crap. And <laughs> yeah. all right, 
That sounds cool. I like, I like, I like the escalation of like, okay, we'll get like more and more dangerous as it goes along. It like, sounds like a very stupid game, but I would play this for sure. This would be something like if it's on PSN Plus or whatever. Like, okay, yeah, I'll play it. If it's like the free game of the no, month. No, I'm triple A in this game, dude. Oh, triple A. Okay, okay. Okay, so we need a a main protagonist and an antagonist. Uh, yeah. Okay, you're you're in this race. You volunteer. So normally you're chosen. Normally you're just picked by like a lottery system. For How about your... the antagonist? He's Italian. Okay. And he happens to be named Benito. Okay. Yeah. Why not? Right. Is there okay? Is there another antagonist called Mussolini or just? That's just it. I think we should keep that a little vague. Just call him Benito. Right. I, I, okay. How about this for a premise? How about you voluntarily joined this race because your father was also in the race before, but he's he got killed off by somebody else, and now you found out that person's in this race again, like a returning kind of like a, re- a best all star like returning champion, and uh, you want revenge on him. You want to be the one who takes him out now. But you can't get to him immediately. No, you have to do get to him through the race. Through the other races. Yeah. And then you, until you get to the top tier. You have to like... Okay, so what do we do like... It's like you have to do like... You have to qualify, right? Through other smaller like local races, right? Yeah, yeah. Kind of like Midnight Club. If you remember, like you take on the smaller street racers before you move on to like the professional. And, uh-huh. like, they, and then like once you beat the best one like in your country, you take on like the international champ or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so the guy who killed your dad is the international champ, and he still does, like, the... He only takes on whoever is, like, the next person. Like, he doesn't go through the whole thing, but every year he takes on, like, the... Like, you have to win to qualify to take him on kind of thing. Dude, the cars in this would be so dope. Like, you see a Volkswagen Beetle versus a Lamborghini Diablo. But the Beetle has, like, a... But the Beetle is, like, crazy mind. Weaponry! Yeah, like... (laughs) You're at the bottom tier with a Lambo, and it's like small too. Like it's like stripped for like 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 all like the unnecessary parts of the, like the body are like stripped to like make room for like weaponry and stuff. Uh-huh. And it just has like the shell like on top. Maybe like that's it. That would be dope. But the Lambo is like super fast, but like not packing that much. Like you know. Yeah, that's. So the Beetle are... has to like try early on to like take it out as best as it can you know what that really changes the the dynamics of the game because you'd expect oh it's all about what weapons you have and what speed you have but like say you got the lambo and you're more focused on speed but if you got this fucking buggy on your ass be fucking careful or like how do you yeah. try to get around well, the, the speed will be advantageous in the early parts when like the weaponry hasn't escalated all the way still right but yeah, then yeah, once, sure. but once like you start lapping them or something, then it becomes an issue because you're coming up on like the. Well, those are like, oh damn, boss battles too, dude. Like, what if you have what like if a one on one boss battle with a semi? A semi truck? Yes. Jesus. A semi or a tractor, or like they might not be fast, but. A semi has so much room for potential for like weaponry. <laughs> that would be dangerous. I like this game. Yeah, I like the premise. Sounds interesting. So you're trying to get revenge on your dad who got killed by this other guy, but you got to qualify. You can't just go straight to him. You have to qualify through all like the mini like tournaments or whatever the mini like. Yeah, that's a better plan. Like you had to earn points, kind of like how they do for like qualifying for like you know like Olympics and stuff. You got to get to the, you got to be the best in your state, best in your country, and then you get to go to like you know the big leagues. 
And then, like, as you go on, like, you get access to, like, newer cars. Or you unlock, like, different cars and stuff. And it's like, okay, now you have now your budget's like expanded. Now you can like outfit this car. And you can make it look we can make it like so like your budget uh, on your weaponry, like all the weapons have like a different cost, but your budget's kind of like the we can imagine like the suitcase system like in Resident Evil 8. Oh, okay. Where like your car is like the suitcase thing, but like different weapons take up different slot sli- like slot sizes. So like you can double down on like really big items, but then you you don't have room for like your smaller weapon. But they also modify things like your weight, your traction. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. Like you have to balance like what's good for like offense to what's what's good for like defense or support. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and then also materials. Like you start getting into like, hey, I got a lot of weapons, but I got carbon fiber bodies. You know. Mm hmm. See, like armor piercing or something. Body. Yeah. Like maybe the steel carries the weapons better, you know? Cause sometimes okay. your weapons fall off. Right. Or like, what's the thing with carbon fiber where like it's strong, but it's not like impact resistant, right? I yeah. Think? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it's stronger than metal and right? steel, but yeah. it's not like it doesn't like ceramics, it doesn't take the same like brunt like how steel can. Yeah. So maybe you might say, hey, uh, maybe, maybe I don't carry the, the heavy duty weapons. Like, if I could go carbon and carry like machine guns, but I can't carry a fucking cannon, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're so you're like off. At, your strategy becomes mixed, where you're yeah. your priority is in speed, but just in case, you have backup. Yeah. I like this. This is I think this is one of our more fleshed out like pitches. What do we call it, Johnny? What do we call it? All the good names are taken though. Twist and metal, death race. Okay, the obvious one is the Brexit battle. Brexit battle? Brexit battle. If we're going to go with a better Brexit selling battle. name. I, it has to have like a car themed, like, at least part of the name has to be like car or auto or speed themed. Like velocity or violency. I don't know. But it's in Europe, so... Like European violence, Euro, I don't know, uh, Tour de Force, maybe. <laughs> like the Tour de France is the Tour de Force. Like, but it says nothing about like the the actual cars. True. Okay. All right. All right. All right. What about like you know? So you know how in Germany the Autobahn is like f- famous. What if it was like Auto Battle or something like Autobahn? That sounds like a Transformer. Auto <laughs> Autobahn. <laughs> You're thinking of Autobahn. That's why. <laughs> I don't know. Something what sounds European and racing and still sounds menacing. Turbo tuner? It's a little childish. Tuners I associate more with Japanese cars though. Good point. Ricers. Was that is it racist to say that now? What? Ricer? Ricer? No. Ricer ricers are just uh cars that are like they are designed to look like badass. Yeah, we but, know that. But they're not that great. But the people that are listening to us. No, well, I don't know. I don't think because if you think ricer and you think of like wait, like Dude, something offensive, then the, no. Because if you think of ricer, you hear ricer, and the first thing you think of something offensive. That's on you. I think that's a you problem. That's a good point. You know what I'm saying? Like no, like we didn't suggest anything racist. You did. I wish this was Japanese. I wish this was in Japan. Oh yeah, it'd be way it'd more be fun. So much fucking crazier. Yeah. But we drew. I drew European, not Asian. So here we are. Well, that's the sequel. It'll be in Japan. The sequel. <laughs> It'll be like a fucking Gundam. <laughs> a Gundam? Yeah. All right, cool. So the name. What's the name? 
I don't know. I'm blanking on a good name. Mm. Is there Russian cars? I didn't even think about that. I have to imagine they have like their own auto industry or something. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Keep thinking. I think I have an idea. European Euro race. I don't know. Uh, the Autobahn. Auto battle. I was thinking Archimedes. Why that? What does that even mean? I never heard that. It's like a Greek word, right? Wasn't that wait? Is that like a philosopher or no? No, Archimedes is supposed to be uh fuck. I might get this wrong, but the dude in Greek lore that flew because he had the wings in his ankles. That's Icarus. Icarus. All right, let's go with Icarus. Okay, why Icarus though? Because he's fast. So didn't this have something to do with like Hermes, the one with the wing sandals? Hermes is the one with the wing sandals. The guy who flies too close to the sun with the wings is is uh, Icarus. Oh, you're right. So which one were you thinking? Wait, of? so uh, that's yeah, that's Icarus. Hermes is the one with the sandals on his wing. That's what the Hermes. Goodyear logo is. That's on. not a good name though. No, it's not. <laughs> it sounds really like cheesy. Hermes. Hermes. <laughs> think of Hermes. So you want to play Hermes? Like <laughs> hell no, I don't. <laughs> Hermes. It just yeah, like... I got Hermes. <laughs> All right, not a good idea. Is Icarus any better though? All right, I don't know. Icarus. There's no Greek god of speed, right? I don't think there is. No. It would just have to be like okay, so you know how they have that competition called Eurovision where like they sing and stuff. Icarus is okay. What if it's like that, like Euro race or something? Just call it Euro race, Johnny. Euro race. Yeah. Fine. Euro battle. Euro. For the sake of time, I guess we'll just call it. Euro We're gonna race. go with Euro race. I bet you Joe's gonna come up with something better. He's gonna tell me later. For sure. He probably has something right now as he's listening. But yeah. I won't know until you later. You guys gotta like uh, send us a tweet if you think you can come up with a better fucking name, a better plot. Then Euro race. Yeah. Watch him do it too. I wanna be like, why didn't I think of that? Watch. It's gonna be one of those situations. All right, Johnny. So, we're, oh wait, who's making this? Uh, the guys. I don't know who made this. The guys that made um. I'm thinking of who makes dirt. Spy hunter. Spy hunter. Okay, I was gonna say. I, I think that's a claim. I could be wrong. I was gonna say who makes whoever makes the dirt franchise should do it. But let me look up spy hunter. Uh, Midway. Oh, Midway's Nether Realms now. Yeah, they make a ton of. Uh... You're right, it's Midway. So, I guess, Nether Realm, come back to your roots, and make a... Make, oh no, Midway, I think, is the publisher. The developer is um, Paradigm Entertainment, Point of View, and Vasara Games, depending on which of the Spy Hunter games it is. So, let me click on the one for PS2. Spy Hunter PS2... Uh, where's the wiki article for that? The developer is the developer for that one. Paradigm Entertainment point of view. Okay, so it's a different developer for each of the different versions of the game on different systems. So which one's the PS2 one? Let's go with that one. Okay, Paradigm Entertainment. Who is Paradigm? They make uh, American Video Game Development Company, best perhaps known for its vehicle simulation games. But what is this? Okay, they made Pilot Wing 64, but what other games have they made? They made, Oh, they made Stuntman. Uh, Battlezone? I never played that. 
Spy Hunter, Beetle Adventure Racing. Oh, did you do you remember Beetle Adventure Racing, Johnny? No. Ruben had that game on on the N sixty four. They made F one World Grand Prix for the N sixty four. Stuntman Ignition, and then they've worked on a couple of other games. Uh, okay, so they've done mostly like racing kind of style stuff. So, uh, I guess Paradigm Entertainment. That's that's who we chose. So, all right, I guess that kind of sums it up. Johnny, do you have any closing words for our audience today? The review for Resident Evil is coming up, so. We should have it out as soon as you finish this episode. You should be able to listen to it. So go ahead and segue into that. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate it. Uh, our last episode that we just had is our second most listened to episode since we started this podcast. So we appreciate there's people who are tuning in. Uh, probably beyond just family members and friends now because like, the metrics show we have people like in different countries that i never even been to. So that's good, too. So thanks for listening to us. Uh, if you like what you list hear from us, uh, go ahead and you know give us a good review on whatever app you use to stream this podcast, whether it's Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcast, uh, Podbean. That's one. Of, what's that's one of the ones I like. Um, there's some other ones too. I can't think of right now. Castbox, Podcast Addict. I have never heard of Podcast Addict. That's a good name, though. All right, so go ahead and give us a like or a thumbs up. Whatever metric they use to rate podcasts, go ahead and give us that. We would appreciate it. Uh, of course, we would love to reach more people out there. And to Also, if you have comments or suggestions or questions, uh, feel free to write us at our email address, duosensepodcast at yahoo.com. That is all one word, duosensepodcast at yahoo.com. You can also reach us at our Twitter, which Johnny hates, at P. Because a full word doesn't fit, so DuoSense, DuoSense P at Twitter. Uh, once again, we thank you for listening and to making it this far. We're at about two hours right now, so we appreciate, yeah, we appreciate the listenership. Uh, we'll see you next time, and take care, be safe, bye.